Morning team, Monday morning. No, it's not. Monday morning is when the tube strikes. I got a bit carried away, actually. I thought Monday morning. Great, isn't it? And you're all going, what? Can't be. I'm late. I'm late for work. I did that once. I fell asleep. Uh, it was years and years ago, and it was it was around November time, and the snow lay deep and crisp and even, and I had some friends round, and we all had a few sherbets. And in the end, we all fell asleep. And then we just fell asleep on the, on the, on the sitting room floor. I don't know, I was, we were, people were just chatting, and then somebody closed their eyes, and the next thing, they were all out for the count. And when I woke up, it was still dark. And I looked at the clock, and it said... Eight o'clock. And I didn't know if it was eight o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock at night. And you know, for that brief moment, when you sit there and think, gather your thoughts, Stephen, think, where are you? Look out the window. It's dark. Could it be eight o'clock in the morning or is it eight o'clock at night? Because <laughs> the clock doesn't tell you. It was it was absolutely terrible. It really was. It was uh, it was just one of those sort of things that I'm I'm sort of lying there thinking it's all gone horribly pear-shaped. I don't know where I am, I'm afraid. I really don't know where I am. Anyway, uh, loads of uh, texts and emails to get through on the programme today. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk uh, plus 84850. And we have a how low. We have a how low today uh, just for you. It's uh, what we call a quickie. Finishes at 10am this morning, so it's your opportunity to uh, get your hands today on... A Sony Vio laptop. 320 gigabytes of hard drive on this one. Wireless enabled, so you can access the internet. Actually, I'll tell you something about wireless enabled in a moment, because I've, I've started using it an awful lot. Uh, the person with the lowest unique bid will get it. That's the person with the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer will come down at 10 o'clock this morning. To play this one, you text Steve, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So to bid £1.19, you text Steve119 and send it to treble eight two one. If you want to bid 82p, you text Steve82 and send it to treble eight two one. Competition finishes at 10am this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Isn't that lovely? A Sony Vio laptop can be yours at the end of the programme today. And don't forget, Darren's in as well. So we take all your questions to Darren. Uh, if you've got a computer question or a bit of technology that you're not sure about, all you have to do is send it in to steve at lbc.co.uk. Quick you get it in and the shorter you keep it, the best uh, chance there is going to be for you to actually get it done on the programme today. If, if they're really, really long and complicated, sometimes we have to go through it. It takes too long. So if you can price it down, just tell us what the problem is with a computer. Tell us what the problem is with a laptop or it's a phone or it's a camera or whatever else. Then just let us know. OK, steve at lbc.co.uk. It's going to be very busy in town later on. There's going to be cyclists all over the place. I wonder why they were putting all the stuff up in the mall and everywhere. That's just what I never drove. Because I have a feeling there's going to be thousands and thousands of cyclists everywhere. Actually, it reminds me of the story. So, road, road closures as well. So, we'll find out a bit later on those. But, when I was in Twickenham the other day, a lady was trying to cross the road. And a cyclist jumped the lights. And nearly knocked her down. And she said something to him, like, didn't you see there were red lights? So, he turned around as he was cycling. He went, did it change your life, the fact I jumped red lights? Get over yourself. I thought, stupid person. It's almost as bad, and I was, I've been reminded about this and cyclists over the years. If I'm driving along in my car, and I've got bags of shopping, and I'm leaning out the car window, hanging on to them, 
I'm going to be stopped by the police, aren't I? Because quite clearly, that is inconsiderate driving. That is illegal, and I deserve to be pulled over and reprimanded by the police. How is it, then, that I see yesterday some man cycling down the road with bags of shopping on the handlebars of his bike, which makes it, of course, extremely unsteady, and he's wobbling around a bit. I'm thinking, where are the police? Where are the police? Surely this must be illegal. Saw a guy the other day coming out from the farmer's market. He bought one plant... And he's hanging on to the bike with one hand whilst the plant is being held on with the other. Not a policeman in sight. Not a policeman anywhere. And you think to yourself, these people need to be prosecuted because they're dangerous. Because they've got no control over the bike. There was, sadly, a woman killed the other day on her bicycle. Why? Because she was doing what I see every single day of the week. People cycling with their headphones on. So they can't hear anything. Thickos, we call them. Thickos. It is totally illegal to cycle, in the same way it's illegal for me to sit in the car with a pair of headphones on, but I see it done. I see people doing it, but I've seen cyclists doing it. They can't hear anything. So you go, beep, 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 beep. Anyway, she didn't hear the beep, 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 and it ran her over and she's dead. And the, and the, and the paper said yesterday, you know, she'd been told before, don't wear your headphones when you're cycling because it isolates you from the... I mean, how stupid do you have to be? The answer is you have to be as stupid as to lose your life. It's that dangerous. Because you're just, you're in another world. You're listening to your music and it's coming into your head and you're doing all that kind of stuff. You're not aware of what's going on on the roads. Stupid people. Drives me crackers, let me tell you. Uh, I was very happy the other day when we kicked Nadia out of the Big Brother house. Very pleased about that. Anyway, she's now uh, saying in her only interview, mainly because nobody else is interested, dear, because, I mean, you've put on some weight. By God, you've piled on the pounds, haven't you? You're a little bit like that Josie who won Big Brother. I love the headline on OK magazine. It said, her only interview. I thought, yeah, because nobody else is interested. The rest of the country has switched off Big Brother ages ago. You've got Dreary Brian. You've got that... God, who's that bird on the radio? Vanessa Foltz. She's on there. I mean, to be, I mean, to be honest with you, it makes no difference whether she takes a break from her radio show because nobody's listening to her. I've seen the audience figures. I mean, you know, she's oh, practically on the floor with it. So, in fact, probably best she tries to resurrect some sort of a TV career. Anyway, numpty number one goes in there. You remember the last time she survived about three days before she did a breakdown and people still talk about it now. Because Will Vanessa come to the diary room? No, I won't. Stupid woman. Anyway, Ben Afire. Uh, is, is a little bit worried she might have another breakdown. Well, I'm sure they've checked these people before they go into the Big Brother house. They're supposed to check for this sort of thing, because I watched the other day a conversation. It was so funny when Vanessa Phelps was discussing her, her little tiny radio programme, which I mean, was listened to by nobody, I'm afraid. And, um, strange enough, Victor was saying, oh, he said, I, I listened to that, uh, to that other bloke, you know, the one with the posh car name. Of course, I'm going through it. Of course, he means Ferrari. And Vanessa says on Big Brother, this is early hours of the morning, she said, I, well, I don't want to mention his name. I thought, of course you won't, darling. Gives more, more publicity to Nick Ferrari and LBC, whereas your career is just sinking so low, you're practically in the U-bend. Not going at all well. But, um, so she was on there. As I say, she's as boring as ever. They're all a bit boring. Uh, you've got Nikki just being stupid. I mean, how she's ever made it to adulthood, I've got no idea. I mean, she is permanently thick. You've got... I can't remember who's in there. You've got Gay Brian, who tells you he's gay every five minutes. You know, lovely dear, trolley dolly. Kind of stands, you know, up by itself. Nadia says, I'm now going to sue over the TV bullying. Uh, I think the only person doing the bullying, Nadia, was you. I watched it very carefully. And uh, not a fan, I'm afraid, love. Not a fan uh, at all. Oh, you've got the uh, um, uh, Britain's Got Talent X Factor coming up tonight. And you've got the two girls who punch each other 
who are in the papers today. And they've already been... Before it was shown on the television, everybody had actually said that, uh, you know, people like this shouldn't be shown on television. They were shown their piece on television and warned by Simon Cowell because they all sign an affidavit. You, 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 you sign um, one of these disclaimer things. So if somebody comes in to film now, before they can show it on the television, I've got to sign a thing. If Johnny's seen, he's, he has to sign it to say that that's OK, you can show that with me in it. We're not going to complain about things like that. So all these people on the table, people go, oh, that's terrible, yeah, they're exploiting them. They've all signed a thing. They've all signed the form saying that it's, it's absolutely OK to show it on television because they're all so stupid. They, they actually think that that's, that's publicity, even though they're supposed to be friends. One of them's been on anger management. Pathetic, isn't it? For anger management, read it'll be the ugly bird who always gets into fights because people go, God, you're ugly. And they always get into fights over things like that. Uh, Nadia threatened to commit suicide last night after suffering a big brother breakdown. Uh, she said killing herself appeared to be her only option after she left the house to a chorus of booze on Friday night. I mean, I don't know what I could say about that. There's not really a lot you could say about the programme. People know what it is. She's not stupid. She's played the game before. In fact, she won it. Uh, now, the trouble is, she has become not a very nice person. Now, whether it's because she's put on a ton of weight, I don't know. But everybody comes out to booze. What you have to do is laugh. It's only, it's only the big brother audience standing outside. It's only the thickos outside in the rain or whatever it is. Go, boo, boo, don't like you, boo. They've got nothing else to do in life. They have to stand outside there. And that's about the sum total of the audience. I don't know why you're worrying about it. Poor old Kerry Katona is uh, going to be 30 shortly. I think that's, uh, I don't know, mental age or whatever it is. But anyway, she's got a big birthday party coming up. And, uh... She's mum of four, and she threw a star-studded party at her manager, Claire Powell's home, last night. Guests included. Wait for it. They couldn't get anybody. They couldn't get anybody. They, they tried to get some interesting guests, but all they managed was Peter Andre, Neil Razor Ruddock, and Gino DeCampo, and that was it. That was the best that they could manage. In other words, you'd have done better to stay at home. One of the papers went, uh, Neil Razor Ruddock and Gino DeCampo. Who are they? Well, one's a chef and the other one, I've got no idea. Uh, Anton Deckras to join in the celebrations. <laughs> they very wisely declined. Go anywhere nearer? I don't think so. Oh, dear me. Absolutely not. What is worrying is the fact that guests, for this read, her NAF family and a few other people's families, uh, were not allowed to take cameras in. And they were banned because a TV company and a glossy mag were covering the event. In other words, it's a, it's a rather tedious... OK, OK must be running out of ideas. If the best that they can manage is Kerry Katona's 30th birthday party with Peter Andre, Neil Razor Ruddock and Gino DeCampo. Oh, there'll probably be a few old page three thunners who'll be there as well. And that's about it. That's the best that they can actually manage, which is a shame. Katie Price has admitted she still doesn't know who hubby Alex Reed loves more, her or her tarty alter ego, Jordan. Sorry, dear. It's the same person, isn't it? exactly the same person. There are no two different people. One is equally as foul-mouthed as the other, and both wear troweled-on makeup. Oh, sorry, that's... Sorry, that's the husband who wears the troweled-on makeup. I do beg your pardon, uh, like most of your husbands seem to. Perhaps she likes them when they're cross-dressed, I don't know. But, uh, no, there, there is no difference between tarty alter ego Jordan or, I'm afraid, Katie Price. It's exactly the same person, as we all know. The only person who appears not to know... It's her. Perhaps a psychiatrist looms. I don't know. Still to come? Oh, it's a footballer, I'm afraid. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning, LBC 97.3. Uh, we'll have a chat to Declan. He's down at the Thames Barrier. And uh, doing the papers for us this morning, Helen Zoltman and Ollie Mann. We've had two people doing the papers. 
So uh, there'll be a lot of shouting, no doubt, in the studio and that kind of stuff. So we'll wander through them later. Because uh, it's interesting that all the uh, popular press are running with Tory MP's wife sells sex for £70. Uh, Wayne Rooney and the Vice Girl. Britain's fattest teen, 39 stone. Uh, Cheryl dumps Derek which seems to be a fairly popular one. Apparently, she said, I need to get on with my career, and so she hasn't got time for a boyfriend. Don't start me. Sunday Express this morning, you can get free daffodil bulbs. You know, we're coming into daffodil season. I quite like the idea of free daffodil bulbs. And uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, who can't bear to watch Michael's treatment. Well, you should do. You married him. I don't see why you shouldn't care to, uh, to do things like that. I like the plastic smart card acting as a single ticket for all buses, trains and trams in Britain to be rolled out by the government. I like that idea. Very happy with that one. And the BBC has run up a, a, a £18.2 million expense bills for taxis and hire cars, which means you're spending, you're spending, it's your money. They're spending your money. They don't get it from anywhere else. Your, your money, 50 grand a day for transport. The bulk of the bill, £13.2 million, went on taxis for corporation business. I can remember the time LBC's taxi bill for one year was £45,000. This was years ago. And the manager said, it's got to stop, you know. It's got to stop. It's just ridiculous. People taking taxis like sweets. There was one girl, wasn't even entitled to a taxi, but she knew the system and she phoned up and just used the reference number. Used to get a taxi in and back. Well, they discovered it, then they went apoplectic. She'd been having a free cab every day. And she wasn't even entitled to one. Dreadful, isn't it? Britain's fattest teen, Gemma, eating herself to death, but now she's found love and she's pregnant. That was lucky, wasn't it? She was 39 stone, probably inches from death, I should imagine. Four times heavier than the average teen. And now she's, uh, she's lost the weight. That's marvellous, isn't it? You always get stories in the papers about people who've lost weight and people who haven't lost weight. And uh, I've no- I must just mention it very quickly. There's a new programme starting on the television tomorrow morning, which they've, they've done so much publicity on, it's almost hilarious. But their first guest is Tony Blair. I think he's done everything barring Michael Ball's programme. So, in other words, they can't even get the guests properly now. They get so... D- I love it when LBC get all the guests and, um, and we get them way before the telly programmes and they go, and today our special guest is... And you think, oh, God, that was so old. Already had them on, did them weeks ago. They never remember, though, do they? They never remember these things. Uh, one here. This is Wrinkly... Wrinkly snatcher Keely Roberts, who stole her grandma's mother, her grandmother's six-year-old lover, has now been dumped by him after she fell pregnant. Oh dear, who are they? It's like the Jeremy Kyle show has come to life in the pages of the papers today. Yucky, yucky, yucky. Uh, Eamon Holmes, still fat, and uh, still in the papers. No, I say that because actually, look at this picture. He appears to have got fatter than when he had his picture taken for the people. But uh, he says... GMTV officially came to an end on Friday. For me, it ended five years ago when I walked out the door. But as it was on the day of this week, I watched it limp across the finish lines. It's a pity, he says, because with better management and judgment, it could have avoided becoming the broken brand it did. It's funny that, aim, and I heard that you were actually up for sort of uh, being back on it again. Unless I've heard wrong. He said, but if you're looking for something different, I recommend Sunrise. <sighs> I've seen it, mate. I've seen it. Oh. Crikey. Now, if you're looking for something different or something that's truthful and honest, LBC. You don't need anything else. You don't need anything. Silly, overpaid television presenters sitting there with girls whose hair doesn't move. I mean, at least all the girls who work on LBC, their hair moves. Also comes off, uh, like their teeth. It sort of just sits at a glass by the door. But they, but the hair moves. Whereas on television, no one moves because they've so much makeup on. They can't... But an Eamon is just so troweled on with the stuff. It's just a little bit embarrassing. It's no good trying to flog it. Eamon, we've seen the show. Nobody's interested. OK? It's, it's a good try. It's 
a good try. It's a bit like any of uh, Richard Desmond's papers are trying desperately to try and overhype and uh, get Matthew Wright's programme watched. And it's not... It doesn't work, really. It, it, isn't, it isn't working in, in exactly the same way. Radio, so much better. So much better. We do it better and it's quicker and it's more, more instant. So we will have a chat to Declan down at the Thames Barrier. The only place that I've not been to in London, out of all the places, I've been invited, and I should have been down there, God, time and time and time again. And people keep saying, come down to the Thames Barrier. It's really, it's going to be a good day out, and it's lovely. They keep saying, I'll definitely do it, I'll definitely do it, and I never get round to doing it. So one of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head down to the Thames Barrier, which is, which is good. Ben says, I'm sure before long, the violent fat lass from X Factor will be appearing on the Jeremy Kyle show. Uh think all the ugly people from Birmingham turned up to the auditions, hence why the city said it was empty on the day the X Factor Circus was in town. What's funny about it, and what was pointed out to me by uh, Dawn, was that all the people you see at the beginning of the programme crutching, you know, doing the X and things, they aren't people auditioning for the show. They're the audience. That's the audience waiting outside. The amount of people auditioning, you know, you can, you can fill in on two hands. That's the people. It's like the crowds outside the Coliseum. It's, it's, it's that kind of, that kind of situation. LBC.co.uk. Don't forget, get those questions in for Darren. And uh, if you do it now, then just made for a part in Coronation Street. He was born to tread those legendary cobbles. He's the son of street veteran Bill Roach, alias Ken Barlow. And he's going to join the ITV soap as Ken's long-lost gay grandson. And his character's homophobic dad will also feature, played for it, wait by, James's real-life actor-brother... Linus Roach. So, in other words, his sons get two Corrie rolls. It's going to be very confusing, isn't it? Very, very confusing. But you will be watching. I, think, I, don't, I can't remember if they've ever done a storyline like this before. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Another picture of Vanessa Feltz getting married to uh, Victor, only pretend, in the Big Brother house. And uh, Jedward turned up the other day. And what were they on? It was... Uh, oh, that's right. Tony Blair was being interviewed on a show... In Ireland, it was an Irish chat show, a big Irish chat show, and, uh, and they said, oh, Tony Blair is on there. I thought, all he's doing is selling a book. Not doing anything, he's just selling a book. And so who do they bring up? Jedward. Jedward were on the same show, and I th- they're also doing uh, a series of shows. I was looking through the paper earlier on, and Jedward appeared to be booked for the O2 or something like that. And, uh, and I was thinking, who would go and see them on the strength of one, one single the single being Ghostbusters, and there's a show built around that. Equally bizarre is the fact that Peter Andre is touring again, they say, with a brand new show. Who would pay to go and see Peter Andre? I don't know. They've already paid to see him last year, and presumably it's exactly the same, even though they said brand new show. I don't know, but he hasn't had any hit singles since. And I know he's got an album, but that'll be it. In the same way that they're actually... Uh, there's no adverts in the paper for, for Matt Goss at all at the Royal Abbot Hall. You've got to go to his website to find out any details. And they do a special meet and greet package, which I mentioned on the programme last week. <laughs> Gave me an idea. And um, and it's where, for about £215, you can go and meet Matt Goss. You don't get a ticket for the show. It's I think £60 or £55 if you want a ticket for the show. And you can get to meet Matt Goss and have your picture taken with him. I thought, what, for £200? Matt Goss. They go direct from his sellout show in Las Vegas. He's playing Cleopatra's barge, okay? It's the small room that's way, way, way to the site. Go to the Caesars Palace Arena, which is where they put all the big stars in, like Bette Midler and people like that. And then you get the little tiny barge, which is way, way over there. And that's where they put Matt Goss in for two nights a week. 
It might even be only, oh, is it one or two nights? Well, I can't remember. And either way, they go, his sell-out Las Vegas show. He's bringing a show. You think you're going to see all dancers and everything else. Well, if they are, they're not flying them over from America. They'll be bringing a few people in to stand around the stage, and he'll be doing some of those famous Bross singles, plus his, uh, his, his take on some of the standards. He's in the small cheap room in Vegas, in Caesar's Palace. He's not, he's not playing big room or anything like that, because nobody knows who he is. Absolutely nobody knows who he is. Gary Bushell has watched television, Big Brother. He says, uh, Brian is too smug by half. No, he's just a silly show-off. That's all he is. There's nothing, nothing the matter with Brian Dowling. He's just, you know, nothing that a good spell up in the air wouldn't cure, I suppose. He's just a, a little bit, little bit tedious, I'm afraid. Little bit tedious. Uh, here's uh, the story on uh, the fiancé of Vanessa Feltz. This is Ben Afodu, man who wears sunglasses most of the time. And I saw him being interviewed the other day on something. It was really quite boring, actually, but perhaps they're, of a, perhaps they're much of a muchness. And I went to a do once where, where Vanessa Feltz was sat on a table way over there and I was up here. And the moment a vacancy occurred on the top table, she quickly, smartly moved in there as if to say, you know, I'm on top table. She's, a, she's quite difficult, quite difficult. But uh, her psychological collapse has become one of the most talked about moments. No, only by her. You know, but I mean, I'm assuming she must need the money. It's either that or she's so vain she thinks the public want to see her on television. So she, she wore a white bridal gown and veil for her fake wedding when she entered the house. She's as boring as she ever was. I mean, small wonder her audience, poor soul on the radio. You watch the graph, it just tails away, I'm afraid. And now he says, I fear for her sanity. Well, you'd know, wouldn't you? Very odd woman. Uh, Reg Presley has suffered a stroke. Uh, Reg, you'll know him for two reasons. Uh, firstly, because he's the front man for the group The Trogs. Secondly, because all the money he's ever made, he's pumped into crop circles. He's a believer in crop circles, even though we've explained to him time and time and time again that, in fact, it's students at night with a piece of rope and some broom handle, and he doesn't, accept, he doesn't want to accept it at all. He wants to believe it's aliens coming down, so he's obviously bought a Blu-ray player and he's bought Close Encounters, because that way it looks, it looks quite, quite real, doesn't it? But in reality, it's students with a few pints inside them. London's biggest conversation with news, travel and weather. LBC 97.3 It's the final few days of the DFS sale. Final few days to get the sofa you want at a price that can't be repeated. Final few days to grab all this with four years free credit and eat... 26 minutes to 8 is the time. Julia Hartley Brewer, writing in the Express today, is, uh, is talking about, yet again, she says, the family of a Muslim girl has been arrested under suspicion of an honour killing. She says, why do people persist in calling these heinous crimes honour killings? Brutally murdering a teenage girl because she refuses to marry a man that she's never even met is not an act of honour, it's cold-blooded murder. Dozens of young women are killed or disappear every year in Britain for daring to defy their families, whilst hundreds more live in misery in forced marriages with complete strangers. There's no honour in denying a young girl the right to live her life as she chooses. What all amazes me in these so-called honour killings, or let's just call them cold-blooded murder, it's a lot easier, is the fact that the parents seem to think this is perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. We will have this arranged marriage and you will do this. If not, you know, girls have been known to swallow bleach... They'll do anything not to marry people they don't want to marry. I mean, it is just absolutely appalling. So we don't need to call them honour killings anymore. Let's do as Julia Hartley Brewer suggests, and we call them 
cold-blooded murders and people go to prison, they suffer. Never understand how parents could actually have their, their children murdered. What sort of sick people are they? It's not right, is it? Uh, Mail on Sunday today. Uh, they've got, a strange enough, a story that's running on the front page that isn't the sort of story I would expect to see in the Mail on Sunday. It's about um, a young woman. Well, sorry, not a young woman. She's 59 years old. Her name's Pamela Somerville. She's five foot two inches tall. She has a degree in microbiology. All of this, I'm not sure if it has anything to do with the story, but Wiltshire police found her asleep in her broken-down car, dragged her into the police station, and they've done a series of photos. They, they've, they've managed to get hold of the CCTV. Um, the police officers grab her by the neck. She's walked backwards from the cell, and uh, she refuses to move in protest, not being told what's going on. She's put in an arm lock. I mean, the whole thing is just a catalogue of, of brutality. She's dragged across the floor. Uh, there's blood all over the floor coming from a wound, which is still affecting her, her vision. I mean, it, it seems utterly unbelievable in this day and age. I mean, do not police officers realise that in all police stations there is CCTV. And every single thing that goes on inside... This is a 52-year-old tiny woman who, for whatever reason you know, is dragged back to a police station and literally thrown as it, covered in blood. And you begin to wonder. An officer said, uh, an officer told her off because she was bleeding in the car. I mean, the, the force have now had to apologise. You know, quite rightly so, as you would expect them to. And they've held their hands up and says, you know, we made a mistake. And uh, they say here, no matter how good the system and training, somebody's going to let the side down. Well, you know, we, we read about it on an almost daily basis. Corrupt police officers, you know, police officers who, who try and change the law. I can, I can imagine what it must be like. It can't be much fun being a police officer, being taunted by people who, out on the street, your powers are so limited now, they have to stand there. And I've heard it time and time again. I've told you, sir, or madam, don't swear. It's a bit like Big Brother. Only this time you're dealing with people who are drunk or on drugs and uh, and they just want to get involved. And for some reason, they seem to see the uniform as something to be antagonistic against, which, of course, it isn't. But unfortunately, people see that. So occasionally, when the police get hauled up over something, you know, the whole country goes into meltdown. Go, oh, this is, this is happening every five minutes in police stations. I mean, the truth of the matter is it isn't. They're isolated cases. But occasionally, police officers must think, what am I doing this for? There was a Columbo on the television the other day. Well, actually, it was on my, my uh, DVD player. And I was watching it, and it's, uh, they, they pretended to set somebody up. It was, it was somebody they knew had committed two murders. And they pretended that the Mafia had got involved, and they had police officers pretending to be members of the Mafia. And at one point, Columbo says to the so-called Mafia chief, with this guy there, who is, is going to be... The, the Mafia chief, pretending, of course, says, well, you know, we have no hesitation. You either walk out that door, Columbo, uh, or you take the consequences. But either way, we're going to execute him. We, we deal with these things ourselves. So the man then pleads to Columbo and says, look, can't you do anything? Columbo says, listen, I'm not paid enough to worry about you. I'm really not paid enough. You know, I don't get any of the, the sort of things I should be getting. So, to be honest with you, I know you did it. You know you did it. All he was trying to do was actually get a complete confession out and find the gun, which is what he needed to wrap the case up. So they had to bring in these sort of fake mafia guys. But it was interesting the way he said, I'm not paid enough to do this. And it's, it's like nurses in hospital. They stand there and they have to deal with all sorts of people on a Friday night, Saturday night, Thursday night, Monday, every night of the week now. Every night of the week, they have to deal with all these people who arrive drunk, abusive, on drugs, you know, with knives, with cuts, and they're supposed to, you know, help them because that's what they do. And if I was a nurse, I'd be saying, I'm sorry, I'm not paid enough money to deal with somebody like you. Go and bleed outside. I'm really not interested. And that's exactly, I suppose, what happened in this particular case. 
for this this police officer. He gets to that stage going, I've just really had enough of this. Why do we have to deal with people every day who are incapable of either standing up, sitting down, holding, you know, you know, three words up or something like that? I just don't understand why they even bother. Why they even bother. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. This is from... Um, Another one. Oh, yes, because we've got all the disruptions on the tube tomorrow, you better stay tuned to LBC for the simple reason that you're going to absolutely need to get you through it. As usual, we can do it quite easily. It'll cause no disruption to us whatsoever. We have buses. You have two good legs. You can walk. You know, you can get a bicycle. Thank goodness there's all the bicycles everywhere. So all of this stuff out there is fantastic. And uh, Paul in Wimbledon, who's... uh, bit strange. Says, you're always, always mentioning UFOs and crop circles. Hardly ever mention UFOs, I'm afraid. Hardly ever mention. I mention I've seen a couple of films. But there again, you're in Wimbledon, aren't you? You give the impression that you have an interest in them. Why don't you just come out and say you like them? No, I think they're, they're for loonies. I think they're, and I suspect, Paul, you are one of those, those loonies. You'd like to believe in it. I bet you've got a little picture of E.T. in your bedroom, hoping that somewhere on a distant planet there's something that's going to, uh, actually going to sort of come and take you away. I suspect. <laughs> But I, I suspect you are one of those maddos who, who believes in crop circles and refuses to accept the fact. Even if students, you know, because when, when you're dealing with somebody who's sort of a bit, a bit sort of obstinate and they, they, they don't change their ways, even if you're presented with somebody who says, I just made that crop circle there, they get no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, I just made that one there. You could bring all the students out, do a television programme, and you could say, listen, uh, the, these students just made that. They go, no, they didn't. You go, OK, here is the film of them making it. They go, but they were helped. They were helped from another force. That's what I like about it. I, I love knocking out the, the stupid people, you know, the people who, uh, who like to actually believe in something like that. They are the, uh, the, uh, the sort of people that want to believe in little green men and E.T. in phone home. And in the middle of the desert, this huge space... I mean, Close Encounters, it was highlighted. I mean, beautifully done. But you would have thought the whole people in all the... The whole of America would have seen this. Not just a few little film crews who happened to be in on it. The whole of America would have seen it, because this thing was as big as Arizona. And it came, and nobody ever saw it, apart from a few people hiding behind a rock. But, it, but, but you don't like the actual idea of spacecraft landing. What you admire is the, is the technical ability of Steven Spielberg to actually make a film about UFOs and to make it believable for certain people. Which I, which I like, actually. I like things like that. We, I, I love any of those sort of films, but it is just a film, you know. It's not actually true. It's a, it's a film. You know, there are no little green men on other planets. They don't all, you know, look like sort of E.T. phone home. You know, I mean, there, there, is the, there is the chance they might just be little sort of blobs of sort of moving mass, or it could be anything. I mean, well, the idea is that there's going to be something somewhere but you're never going to see it, OK? All this rubbish that they put in the papers about all oh, secret government files, it's a load of old rubbish, I'm afraid. It's a load of old rubbish. Ridiculous. I know you're very interested in the antics of people travelling on public transport, says Margaret. Uh, returning from London on the tube, my son encounters a very nice lady cutting her toenails. Oh, that's quite normal. You get that a lot, actually. People cutting their toenails. You, know, you get people who sort of put their, their makeup on. And you get people... I mean, you do get a lot of people now, dirty people, who put their feet on the seats... That, 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 that's quite normal. There was, a, there was a father and his two little children the other day, and he had his feet on the seats, reading his papers. I mean, he, was, he, had, he, was, he had the, the, uh, the old, uh, you know, tramp stamps all over his arms and sort of on his chest and all the rest of it. And he was heading back to Reading. Oh, that reminds me. I get on the train, I go out on the town... What day was that? I can't remember. Whatever it was, I went out. And uh, come back on. So I, go, I get on the train at Waterloo, 
to Reading. And what it does, it does Reading, um, Clapham Junction, Richmond, Twickenham. It's quite nice, actually, because it generally only stops at big stations. So I get on the train, and they go, uh, due to an incident at Richmond, the train is being diverted. So I thought, an incident is generally somebody who's dropped down in front of a train or something like that. So they say the train is being diverted. So I'm thinking, all oh, right, OK. So we all get off. The uh, the people at Waterloo didn't really know. They said, don't worry, there'll be a bus to collect you, so it'll take you back to Richmond or something like that. So so, so we, we get on the train anyway, and uh, it's full of the, uh, the typical people who go, go to Reading. Ugh. Anyway, it gets, it gets worse. It gets worse. Because we get on the train, and we then crawl, crawl, as opposed to being far, they said, it'll, we, we will, we'll be stopping at Feltham. Feltham will be the first stop after Clapham Junction. So Clapham, what I should have done is got off at Clapham Junction. Anyway, so we get off at Feltham, we, 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 we get on the train, we get to Clapham Junction, and a few people get on, and the guard says, terribly sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then we crawl to Feltham. We stop at every traffic light on the way there. We sit at Zion Lane. He says, I'm terribly sorry, we're going to have to stop at every light because of all the backlog of trains who have been diverted after the Richmond incident. So we then stop at Zion Lane. Won't open the doors. Because I, I could have got off at Zion Lane and got a bus down the bottom of the road. No. We then go a little bit further up and uh, didn't open the doors there. So all these stations he could have opened the doors at, he didn't open the doors, so we sit there. Eventually, an hour after leaving Waterloo, we limp into Feltham. Have you ever been to Feltham? It's home of the Jeremy Kyle show. It is full of the most disgusting people you've ever seen in your entire life. So we get off at Feltham, and there's me, there's three girls who don't speak English who are Chinese... There's a black guy, and he says to me, he said, I'm, I'm looking to get back to Richmond, he said, but they've said they've laid a bus on. So we get outside Feltham Station, a dump, that's all I'll describe it as. Were there any buses laid on? No. The other thing is, I've noticed, when I get off the station at Richmond and Twickenham, I'm in Zone 5, I think, 4 or 5. time you get to Feltham, you're in Zone 6. So I've now paid extra to end up in a godforsaken hellhole that I didn't want to be in. Are there any buses laid on? No, there's not. There's absolutely nothing laid on, so you have to get a normal bus back, which is packed with, let's just describe them as people's, you know, dregs. I mean, it was absolutely... There's people shouting, there's people trying to get... At one point, we, we stop at a bus stop. The bus is heaving by this time. And bearing in mind, we have a driver who's a jobsworth. You know when the bus is so packed, I'm sitting down behind the driver. I always develop a limp and a rather nasty cough, just so I can sit on that seat. <laughs> like that. So the bus is packed... Every time we stop at a bus stop and there's somebody near me who wants to get off, it would make perfect sense to open the front door. No, no, no. You have to, so you have to fight your way through the whole bus to get out the middle doors. I mean, he was the most stupid driver I've ever encountered. But anyway, all of that, neither there or here, or here or there. And then we stop at one stop, and there's a woman there with a pushchair. He pulls up, he opens the doors, and she starts dismantling, and he goes, no, we, there's no room. So she's, she doesn't speak English. She's about 65. She's Polish. Doesn't speak a word of English. She's going, what? Um, what? Uh, and he said, no, we're full up. So she's standing there. She doesn't understand what he's saying. And he just closes the doors. So she's standing there with this kid. Another kid goes to get on the bus down the other end. He closes the doors. The mother's outside. And she's banging on the side of the bus going, my kid's in there. And I thought, Do you know, life doesn't get any more exciting, does it? I mean, it really... The bus ride from Feltham. I tell you, hell on legs. Uh, no, th this was another woman. 
This this was another woman. We've had two women with her. Sorry, the, no, the woman with the foot was at the front of the bus. The woman was another bus. All very confusing. Either way, don't ever go to Feltham. It's a dump. OK, simple as that. It really is the most awful place I've ever been in. 13 minutes to 8. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to 8 is the time. It's nice to have your company. Steve Allen's Sunday breakfast. Don't forget, you've got a question for Darren. Send it in to steve at lbc.co.uk. steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, our reporter, Declan Harvey, was up at the crack of dawn this morning. God knows why. Is he not there just yet? Very shortly. And then what we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll contact... He's down at the Thames Barrage, which is one of those places in London where I've not actually been to. I should go down there. I've seen all the pictures of it. And, uh, and it's there to protect us in times of great flooding. It seems to be going on around the world, as predicted some years ago. So what they're doing, they're going through their annual test closure down there. So Declan, who's been up since about two in the morning, poor soul. Honestly, I hope you took a packed lunch with you, Declan. <laughs> well, in fairness, it hasn't been that early, but, but I'm happy for you to say it because it adds a bit of drama. Um, what, what's happening down here, Steve, it, it, it's quite amazing. This, uh, this Thames barrier down here in Charlton, it's almost like the sleeping giant, which uh, most people forget about uh, kind of week in, week out. But um, this is, in its simplest terms, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's a bit like a big um, lock gate on a canal. It can close the water and essentially uh, control the level of water the whole way down the Thames. So, for example, when you go back to Twickenham today, Steve, mm. you won't get a high tide down there um, today because we've closed it right up here in Charlton. So if you look out in the Thames and you're in central London, I assure you the water where you're at is not as high as it would be because we've turned a, a, kind of a, a switch here and this barrier is completely closed off. Um, to give you a sense of scale of this thing, on the west side of the barrier, the city side, that can be up to four metres lower than the east side of the barrier when they close this. And, you know, they, they close it up to around four times every year in an emergency to stop the things like the Albert Embankment overflowing and those uh, Victorian walkways along the, the, the Thames from you know, spilling over. And that's why it's uh, so important. Today, though, and uh, if you are so inclined, you can come down especially around 11 o'clock, and you can get a full view of the Thames barrier in action as they start to open it up again and let the, the rest of the, of the Thames water from the estuary start running up, upstream again. But um, if this thing wasn't here, it, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And the Thames was to overflow. The, uh, the floodplains at risk would affect around one and a quarter million people. It would you know, flow through most of the top half of, of Southwark, 400,000 properties would be destroyed, 200 billion pounds worth of assets. And uh, places like Whitehall, Downing Street, the city, the underground network, uh, guys in St. Thomas's Hospital, all that would be a thing of the past. And as I said, four times a year, the Thames Barrier is closing uh, because uh, the waters are rising. When it was built back in uh, the, the 70s, it opened in 1984, mm -hmm. but it was closing maybe once or twice a year. In that 26 years, it's now closing three or four times a year, so that's a whole different argument about uh, raising water levels. But it's a fascinating place to be, and if you come down today, uh, down here at Chardon, at around 11 o'clock, you'll see it in its full glory. Wow. I've only ever seen pictures of it. I keep meaning, I said earlier on, to go down there and have a look, because it's, it's a great day out. There's a museum-type thing down there, isn't there, as well? Yeah, there's a visitor centre here and a cafe, and you can you can really see it. It's a, it's a phenomenal structure. If you mm -hmm. think that it was it, it was designed back in the 70s, uh, I mean, of course, the real reason uh, it's here was back uh, because of the floods in 1953, um, when hundreds of people uh, lost their, their lives uh, because of this surge flooding, which which comes up through uh, 
through the Thames and they thought, well, something has to be done. Uh, it took them 30 years to, to build it, and it's, it's, it's really a triumph of physics. So I know that sounds a bit geeky and, and kind of uh, uh, science-y, but really what they're doing is they've just built a big barrier across the Thames and they close it and they just stop water flowing up and that controls the level, of course. The banks, from where I'm standing in charge and heading east right out uh, towards kind of south end, um, all the banks had to be raised up so when the, when the water levels are being kept back, and high on that side, then it, it, it protects the land. But they never actually and couldn't uh, adjust uh, the, the height of the barriers going west through the, the city. So um, it's, it's so vitally important that this thing works. And I certainly, until I came down here this morning and then saw it in action, uh, I certainly had no idea that it was closing so regularly. It's mm. run by the Environment Agency, and uh, bless their hearts, they work very hard at it. But uh, as I said, it's kind of a sleeping giant here. It just it slowly works and, and keeps us all dry. Fantastic. It's an amazing place, it really is. So people can go, uh, go down there, and uh, today is uh, sort of open house day. Yeah, it's, they can have a look at it. I mean, it is closing so regularly, and a park closes at some times, it opens at other times. But today, once a year, and of course, this is a, this all has to be built into law because um, they're they're closing off the river. There are no boats entering the River Thames at the moment, and they won't be for eleven because the river is actually shut off. As I say, if you imagine like a like a lock gate on a canal, um, and in the legislature they're allowed to do this once a year. It's to do with the tides, and that they can do it today close the whole thing at once and just make sure that it's uh, that it's that it's working fully should again we 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 need it but uh, it will be fully reopened by by one o'clock uh, today that's when traffic will be allowed to start moving but at 11 o'clock you'll really start seeing the the, the cogs turning excellent Declan thanks for that very much indeed enjoy it. at least you got some nice weather today <laughs> I tell you what, we were down here this morning. The sunset. I'm with three people here from the, the Environment Agency, and everyone said the sunset over London this morning. I don't know if people saw it. Was quite stunning this morning. I don't know what's happening up in the no. sky, but uh, it was a good morning to be up early. Absolutely. Well, in- enjoy the rest of it. We'll hopefully catch up with you a little bit later on. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a sunrise, wasn't it? Not not a sunset. Yes, it's but, that sunrise. Know, yeah. Yeah. Let, let's not split hairs. Listen, for goodness' sake, who, who cares? <laughs> it's five to eight on Sunday morning. Most people are still the land and nod. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> You do. Take care. Declan Harvey, our reporter down there. Sounds lovely. Uh, Sue says, I've been inside the Thames Barrier. I went when I was doing a course at work. We walked inside from the riverbank to the central section, seeing all the workings. I'm on my way with my husband to the Swale Festival of Transport, raising money for the Kent Air Ambulance. So good luck to you for, uh, for that. Uh, Brian says, my friend Sheila lives in the posh end of Feltham. They've got glass in the windows there. I know, it felt I've never been in such a dump of a place. Actually, what amazed me was the fact that Network Southeast, very nice for the guard to keep saying, I'm sorry, it's beyond our control, hope this is not inconveniencing you, as we sit on the train for an hour. You know, do they not have the facility to play music or something on a train? Can't he sort of bring in his iPod and just play it so we can have a little bit of light music? Because you're sitting there staring out of a window... And at one point, I think he gave up talking because it was a bit ridiculous, saying we're just waiting on a red light and then we'll inch forward a few feet and then we'll, we'll stop again, I'm afraid. Mark and Kaz said, did you find out what the incident at Richmond was? No, couldn't care less. Inconvenience, my day. I don't know what it is, but whatever it was, it diverted all the trains for quite a few hours, so there would have been thousands and thousands of people uh, who would have been inconvenienced. And it's obviously got to be fairly major if they go through there. It was just the fact that Network uh, South East, or whatever they are, uh, didn't lay anything on at all. The baloney they were giving you at Waterloo, don't worry, there are buses laid on. Well, there weren't buses laid on. And then I thought about it, and I thought, well, I don't know whether or not they're actually going to have the time to lay on buses. It was just the fact that I had to pay extra, and then I came back from blasted Feltham on a bus, which I had to pay for as well. 
So the whole day cost me quite a bit, all because somebody caused an incident at Richmond. Uh, Dawn says, uh, tonight I'm going to see the 286 at the Spice of Life. They're the band I saw last weekend on Saturday when Steve Hargrave was there. I like them so much, I'm going to see them again. And, uh, and the answer is to your last question, yes, I probably will. I probably will. Uh, thank you to Jan and Peter. Got the note and the photos of me bell ringing. Thank you very much. I was quite good at bell ringing, actually. I was, that was a bit better than I thought I was going to be. It wasn't particularly brilliant. Noreen uh, says is it, she's in, on holiday at the moment, so she's in the, the pool or the sea. Actually, I'm, I keep looking at the television. There's a woman on Sky News. Can't remember what her name is. What's the name of that woman we mentioned earlier on? The, the one who does the... She does the weather, then occasionally they sort of promote it. But she's doing a programme, I think, on the BBC, which is where people go round and they, they want to upgrade their houses. They don't really, they just want to be on television, most of them. And they go, oh, wait, we think you're buying a house in Portugal, free holiday. And the BBC will pay for it. So they, they go on these things. But this particular woman uh, says, oh, lots of celebrities live around here, including Ralph Fiennes. And I'm shouting at the television, it's Rafe, you stupid woman. I know it's spelt Ralph... But surely you can't be that dim that you don't know it's pronounced Rafe. But anyway, uh, so Noreen said, we've had one mishap on holiday. Brian's eaten for England. I was wheeling him down a slope and a wheel got caught in a grid and he was tipped out. Sounds like one of those horrible joke films, doesn't it, which they send in. They go, oh, Lord, everybody laughs. Poor man falls out of his wheelchair. Anyway, I'm able to hear you and we'll go to bed listening to Clive later. If he gets home okay. He's been stuck in an airport for hours, he says. Love to you, Amanda, Johnny and Carl. That was nice, isn't it? We don't have a Carl this morning, actually. We don't have Carl. Carl's off having... Uh, I don't know what he's having done, actually. I don't know where he is, actually, today. We're probably playing rugby or something like that. So we've got Caroline today, which is roughly the same sort of, you know, look. She's also playing rugby later on today. <laughs> Poor soul. Uh, don't forget St Peter's in Clapham. On the 18th of September, uh, they've actually uh, got a, a special thing coming up. It's a tabletop sale. So that's good news. The Jeep Patriot, in a nutshell. Have your say on London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning team, five past eight, Sunday morning, LBC. Don't forget my Sony Vio laptop. This is our How Low today, finishes at ten o'clock this morning. And it's a brilliant piece of kit, 320 gigabytes of hard drive, wireless enabled, so you can access the internet anywhere with Wi-Fi. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down at 10 this morning to play this one. You text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So, for example, to bid £1.63, you text Steve... 163 and send it to treble 821. This competition finishes at 10am this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Uh, you go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So 320 gigabytes of hard drive. Plenty of room for your photos, your music, your videos, your pictures of William Hague with a baseball cap on. Loads of uh, room for all things like that. And uh, loads of pictures of Wayne Rooney as well, because he makes the Sunday papers and reviewing them for us today is Helen Zoltman and Ollie Mann, writers and broadcasters. Morning. Hello. 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 How are you doing? I'm doing fine, actually. We've never had two people doing the papers. It's a bit, di- bit confusing for me having two people doing the papers. Oh, well, it's a good link into the Wayne Rooney story, in a way. Abs- well, <laughs> it, do you know, to be honest with you, somebody phoned me last night and said there's a Wayne Rooney story, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> My heart dropped. For and the simple reason, now? well, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a bit nonplussed by it, Helen, which I wasn't, 
But I've read so many stories about footballers, I really couldn't care less. I mean, I'm just assuming that they all get up to little indiscretions. It, it never amounts to anything apart from somebody somewhere makes a few thousand quid out of it. Well, that's the thing. It's a money spinner for many people, including some of the wives, I suppose. And today, the person who's making thousands of pounds out of it, we can only assume, because I don't think she posed in her undies for the News of the World for free, no, uh, no. is a, a cool girl called Jenny Thompson. Uh, and Why it's would her... you want to be in the papers? And, and, you, and your, your parents open the papers, they go, oh, look, our daughter, the call girl. How exciting. Look. <laughs> oh, better really phone Grandma. Yes, <laughs> Grandma, she's a call girl. You don't need to worry. She's got a proper job. Yeah, 1200 tw- <laughs> a pop. Yes. Well, so they say. Have you noticed, though? I oh, mean, it's... you read this all the time and mm. they say, £1,000 a night. Well, they're yeah. trying to talk up their own story, I aren't think they? they talk up their own yeah. story, because otherwise the tax man's going to be going, right, your <laughs> name is, and you make a thousand a night. Thank I, you. I bet what a lot of people will be saying, though, and this is completely not the crux of the story at all, but saying, oh, this is, she's much more attractive than the previous uh, prostitute Wayne Rooney was caught with. Yes. The, all the, the allegations about the, the much older woman. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, I'm tempted to say Colleen was, was pregnant... Yeah, it's not ideal. Most women tend to go off sex during pregnancy, don't they? He says, guessing wildly. I'm sure they do. They do go off. And I think a lot of men... That's when a lot of men stray. Yeah. So it comes as no surprise to me. I mean, all this rubbish that that, that they've allegedly quoted from him saying that uh, Colleen will leave him. Women know what their men are like. Well, especially if they're marrying footballers. They know footballers with previous records. You, You wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them knew perfectly well what was going on behind the yes. scenes, but had a kind of tolerance. Yes. But, but it would be fair, wouldn't it, if she is pregnant, not to assume that he's not only seeing a prostitute, as you say, but in fact asking, requesting a threesome with that prostitute, and in their marital home. That's the uh, extra little twist of the knife. That, no one's uh, saying he's a classy fellow. <laughs> no. Well, I have to be honest. I mean, I always feel sorry for prostitutes, in, in so much as the girls who advertise in phone boxes and things... Anybody can do a walk-in off the street. They, they, they don't, generally don't get the opportunity to go, I'm not sleeping with you. Mm. They generally they, they sleep with everybody who walks in off, off the, uh, the streets. Yeah, well, she says, um, uh, in, in praise of Wayne, he's not actually that ugly when you're sat in front of him. <laughs> Heartwarming, isn't la, it? La, 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 fingers and ears, I think, for this one. <laughs> yeah. My mother would be horrified at stories in the papers. They wouldn't cover this on the front of the Telegraph. No, one hopes not. <laughs> Maybe a little cartoon or something, but nothing more. Well, you know, the way they do it in the broadsheets, of course, Steve, is they talk about the tabloid coverage, yes. and then that gives them distance yes. enough. They can yes. talk about how the tabloids are talking about it. Graceful, isn't it? Still Look the same gossipy, salacious details, our isn't it? By the way, in hunting yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I agree with you. See, I, I, was, I seriously thought that there were going to be stories about uh, Hague all over the papers. I, yes. was, I was waiting for that one to blow open big time. No, yeah. he's been relegated to, uh, to the middle pages. Yes. Yeah, shouldn't, he shouldn't have blabbed so much. He needn't have bothered. You, you agree the same? He shouldn't have said anything? Yeah, well, it, it does look bad, and it can't be nice for poor Fion. And, well, personally, even if any of it's true, which I doubt, I don't care. I don't care about his private life at all. It's not relevant to his mm. job to me. Yeah, but the, the, the fact that this speculation was there, mm. I think he was right to make that statement. I found it really uncomfortable, awkward oh, statement to read and watch. But oh. I thought he was right to make it because it was so categorical. Not that I care either way, but he knows that in the media, if you make a statement that categorical... If there was any truth in it whatsoever, yeah. then he will not be able to carry on as a politician. I was actually more worried that they'd been asking him questions about, who is this young man? Did you spend the night with him? He goes, well, of course, Fion had these uh, miscarriages. I think, no, we, we didn't. It's very sad, but we didn't ask about that. Yeah. We wanted no. to know questions about the young man. And they had to ask his agent the other day, have you ever taken him on holiday? 
Was he ever bought presents? All this kind of, and I'm thinking, oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot of this in the mail today. Uh, apparently, uh, William gave him gifts, including a silk scarf, and they went on a fact-finding trip to Afghanistan. That's Ooh. a place you wouldn't want to go to on a fact-finding mission. <laughs> it's, it's a lovely a honeymoon destination. We're staying at the Afghanistan Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. What bits of it are left? Well, actually, one thing that that story has done good for is the hotel industry, and the, specifically the twin room. Industry. Yes. I think it's given a bit of a boost to the twin room. You don't yes. hear much about twin rooms, too, but actually that's a good, a good economy, isn't it? Yeah, maybe even for the married couple that prefer not to share a bed anymore. <laughs> but if, it, but if, it, if it is the case that you can stay in a room with a colleague and yeah. there is no insinuation that anything's happening because it's a twin room, yeah. that to me is an advert to get a twin room, cut your costs. Yes, yes, I get. But also, why should there be an insinuation? There must be loads of people listening and loads of sort of friends who, you know, blokes have been away and spent, you know, women, it's quite normal to share a hotel. No, yeah. Nobody even think anything about it. Mm. If it's two blokes immediately, well, quite clearly something's going to be going on. It was yeah. fine why? for Morecambe and Wise. Well, I'm tempted to go back further and say it was all right for Noddy and Big Ears, but I mean, a few <laughs> people have raised a few eyebrows since. Yeah, Burton but, Ernie uh, as well. I don't think it, yes, Burton Ernie, classic I'm, I'm example. suspicious of that one. Yes, I was fairly suspicious of Morecambe and Wise. <laughs> but, that, but that was funny, but now, of course, there's this slur, slur on it, isn't there? Mm. They go, you know, older man, younger person, driving him around, and they're sharing a hotel room. I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to think it was in all innocence. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if there were cost-cutting measures. Because yeah. uh, being a party in opposition, there would be some expedience to the, save money. The argument is, a, a politician in, with his seniority and experience and brief should know that he shouldn't be putting himself in the line of fire for those sorts of saucy allegations, yes. even if they're untrue. But maybe he thought it was so ridiculous there was no way he was putting himself in the line of fire, because the line of fire was completely foolish. I don't know. I think he just made a mistake because it's obvious that he takes these kinds of things so seriously because um, there isn't any evidence and yet he made that statement. If he does take it that seriously, he shouldn't have done it in the first place. Is, it, is he also too old to wear a baseball cap? Well, there's a whole page about his baseball cap. <laughs> in the mail. I Where buy baseball caps and up until about two years ago, I was wearing a lot of baseball caps. Well, and and I tell you for why, because if you don't have a lot of hair, wearing a baseball cap makes it look like you've got a lot of hair. It also uh, protects you from the sun. Yes. Well, it also protects you from the sun, so you do get burnt. But I, mean, I, I quite liked wearing baseball caps. What made you stop? I um, can't remember where I stopped it, but I used to go and buy loads of them. I would buy, I'd go and, you know, squeeze the front bit so it didn't look flat and make me look like sort of some wrapper. <laughs> and I'd squeeze the front, and, but I never wore it backwards or sideways. No. And I just liked wearing it. It was just, it was quite nice. Well, I have to say, Steve, I'm just painting a picture for the listeners here who obviously can't see you. You do look like possibly you've got a bit red on the top of yeah, your head from well, the sun. Yeah, well, you do, you do, you do burn a little bit. So that's bit. a good reason to have a yeah. cap, isn't it? Yeah, and William Hague, I'm sure. But that are you takes... ever too old? to wear a baseball cap. I mean, for example, should you, at, at my age, not be wearing jeans anymore? Should you, you know, do you have to wear old men clothes all of a sudden? Do you have to change your outfit? Because the moment Hake saw the photographer, he took off the dark glasses and the baseball cap. He wanted to be recognised. Well, do you think that's what it was? <laughs> oh, right, well, that's it then. He's I, vain. I don't, I, there's no committee deciding when you should stop wearing these things. I mean, personally, I looked rubbish in jeans when I was 20. It's just not a good garment. Yeah, on painting me. a picture yeah. for the listeners again, I'm not sure we're the right people to no, give exactly. I don't advice. think any of us should paint pictures of at all. I think, because if you go through your wardrobe, you have outfits that you like, and then sometimes I do put something on, I think, am I too old to be wearing that? <laughs> Are people going to look at me and go, a bit sad? <laughs> well... Don't, don't let them judge you. Thank I think you. it's all about. I think it's all about how you carry it off. Yes. Actually, sort of swagger yes. and attitude. Because Hague, when he was uh, running to be prime minister, when he was leader of the Conservative Party, and he did that ill-advised photo call. I think it was at Thorpe Park, yes. wasn't it? Yes. He looked disastrous then, and he was only about thirty-four yes. or something, wasn't he? I think he'll come into his own uh, in his fifties. Certainly, I think that's when his star will hit. 
Yes. As a young man, he looked unnatural. Meanwhile, what of the driver? He He's resigned. Whereas, mm. in fact, was it a resigning situation? The contract might have been up. Who knows? <laughs> well, we, we don't know. I, I just feel sorry for him that he sort of... He doesn't have a job, and he'd probably said to him, what have you said this for? You don't need to say this about me. You know, I can yeah. stand up for myself. Or well, do we think there's more more to come? Well, I, I well, I wanted to go on a tangent, actually, on drivers. You said the word driver, and I thought, I've got a brilliant story on the front of the Sunday oh, Times. You know, oh, right. 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 A motorist with 54 penalty oh. points has been allowed to keep driving by magistrates. What? 54 yes. penalty 54, points? Yes. How does that happen? And I've, I've been reading the small print, and I, it, it, as you go down the article, it doesn't actually give you the answer. It just says uh, it's unclear whether he remains on the road as a result of lenient magistrates, administrative errors by court staff, or a combination of both. Whatever it is, that just seems absolutely insane. How can you get 54 penalty points? I suppose once you've got... Yeah, once you've got about 30... Surely they're like, I'll oh, just keep him on the road. Another 24 will make no difference. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it makes no difference because he obviously isn't going to stop driving. He just keeps on driving. Maybe that's what the penalty's for, yes. driving without licence. I mean, that's <laughs> not just an error. That's a, that's a game of Grand Theft Auto, isn't it? But he, he, six further convictions for the same offence, using his mobile whilst driving. Now, to be honest with you, I have been guilty of using a mobile in the car, even though I have fat hands free in the car, and I think to myself, I'm just as capable of driving my car on a mobile as somebody is of driving their car with a cigarette in their hand. I don't see it as any different at all. Or eating. And we've all done that, haven't or we? Retuning or the radio. Or retuning the radio. Or phone, phone that sat there with a Starbucks cup of coffee between your legs. But you must feel distracted, though. It's more no. distracting talking, isn't it? No, I don't think you so. You don't find that? No, I mean, I, I can talk on, on here, and I can still listen to them and, you know, try and lip-read and work out what they're <laughs> saying to each other. You know, and I can, I can, hear, I can do about two or three different things mm. at the same time. Well, unlike Ollie, you're an exceptional multitasker. Yeah, I did get... I got done, Did you not actually, multitask? Talking on the mobile phone. Oh, did you? Yeah. Shame on you, it's outrageous. I <laughs> can't <laughs> me doing it. On <laughs> him! Taking the moral high ground now. <laughs> I, I actually legitimately didn't know. I mean, this is no defence, but it's yeah. true. I didn't know that hands-free meant it had to be totally hands-free and I was holding this is stupid of me it I is. was holding it in my hand but on loudspeaker and I thought that was all right how is that better I know I understand logically but, it makes no but sense. the law states that you have to have two hands on the wheel that's right yeah that, that's what the law is yeah but as you point out if you're sitting there eating a Burger King no one's going to pull you over for it's it. true I've got to take a very very quick break for the travel more of this and I can see it's going to be an argument I can just tell <laughs> I feel an argument is brewing so let's have a check on the roads for Steve Allen Morning, every 18 minutes past uh, eight. Sunday morning, LBC. Helen Zoltman and Ollie Mann, writers and broadcasters, are uh, doing the papers for us this morning. Yes. So, so far, we've we found a man on Teesside who's got 54 points. Uh, Wayne Rooney has cheated on Colleen when she was expecting a baby. This must be about two years ago, then, this story, mustn't it? it? must be... Yeah, well, the kid's about ten months old now, so... Yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm assuming... a year ago. Yes, so well over a year. Why now, I wonder? Unless she's spent the last year in... in talks and bidding wars i shouldn't imagine it takes that long you you phone up max clifford's office mm. and max says come in for a chat and then he goes i think you've got a story here and they then go to the papers and they they then decide how much it's worth i don't know how much this would be worth i would think in the re because it's wayne rooney twenty thousand thirty thousand is that good or bad nowadays for a well, football or prostitute I scandal? I do, do you know, to be honest with you, I always find it quite horrifying that people will sell their mother down the river. I, mm. I, I think maybe even there was a sense that it would be too soon. Uh, even though the story would have been worth more two years ago, maybe she would have actually felt guilty. And I'll wait till their baby's on solid food and then <laughs> yes. I'll tell the story. Yeah, what a good idea. What a good idea. Classy, like. It's possible, isn't it, that she may have thought that way? Yes. Or maybe she's just giving up the game now and wants... I mean, let's be honest, you can launch a career by doing this. She is on the front of the new 
Beauties of the World, yes. looking rather nice in her bra and panties. So it should be a nuts magazine next week. Well, unfortunately, well, that's how is, these things go. I've often it? said that the, if you want to be famous nowadays, it's no good having any particular talent. Sleep with somebody famous or go out with somebody, because then you've got fame by association, or marry somebody who's very famous, and that way you then become a celebrity. Is this career advice? How did you do it? Uh, <laughs> strangely, I, I did the old-fashioned route. Nobody oh. wanted to sleep with me at all in the early days. It hasn't changed. How boring! <laughs> it is. It's terribly tedious, but that's what people say to me now. How do I become famous? And I say, you need... That's why all these girls hang around footballers in nightclubs. Why would you want to be famous anyway? Because they're, you ask any kid in school, and they've done so many surveys, what do you want to be when you grow up? Want to be famous. They want to be on the television. Mm. They want to be, you know, they want to have bling-bling cars and watches and... But then what, how is that going to keep them after their, say... 25. They don't think that far ahead. They don't, ahead. do they, Steve? They don't. Oh. They just see it as, I can be an, I, I can be like Jedward. I can turn up for the opening of an envelope and oh. people will clap and cheer. That's I'm, the dream. I it must is. pitch in here because this is a perfect segue into another story. This one's from the Daily Star Sunday, front page. <laughs> Nadia, <laughs> my BB hell. Oh, yeah. This is Big Brother's Nadia. Of course, she was evicted from Ultimate Big Brother uh, earlier in the weekend to booze. The crowd were booing. They always boo. They always boo, but, you know, she got something like 80% of the vote or something outrageous the first time round, and I think she really thought... Uh, that this time round she might do it again, that she might win, certainly that she wouldn't come off worse than she did. And the headline, I mean, it's really depressing. You're talking about people not thinking through mm. their fame. Um, even someone like this who's been in the public eye for six, seven, eight years, whatever it is, is saying, uh, now her life isn't worth living. I mean, yeah. I know that the tabloid sensationalised these things, but she's saying she was in there, she was bullied by Coolio. She says that Big Brother didn't show all of that stuff. It did look, I don't know if you've been watching the show, it did rather look like uh, Coolio had to leave the premises over a row about shoes, uh, which did look rather ridiculous. Um, what it's she's, a 47-year-old man, he should know better. Yeah, but what, but what she's saying actually is, in fact, she felt like she was the victim of a homophobic campaign in there that he kept referring to her as they or it, uh, because she's a transsexual, uh, and that Big Brother didn't actually show any of that in the edited show, so it, you didn't get a sense of that. She felt like she was the victim, and then she's come out of the house uh, and, you know, she's being victimised again by the booing crowds. Now, albeit she's being victimised all the way to the bank, to talking to the Daily Star Sunday. Yes, yes. Uh, but um, she's talking seriously about suicide. In, well, I say seriously. I mean, obviously, she hasn't done it, and I hope she doesn't. But to bring in a word like suicide, we're hearing about the frailty mm. all the time of reality TV contestants. It brings up that whole discussion again about the ethics of putting these people on television. But I just felt I had to come in with this story then, because it ties in so perfectly to what you were saying. You know, mm. here's someone who maybe didn't think it through the first time. Someone in a delicate, vulnerable shouldn't situation. Shouldn't have gone back in again. Shouldn't have gone back in again. Chantel shouldn't have gone back in again. You know, her, her, her mother's saying, oh, she, she's, she's very fragile. Well, then don't let her go in there. Mm. What is it with these stupid people? Admittedly, poor old Nadia looks a bit like Imelda Marcos at the moment. She's put on, <laughs> put on quite a bit of the, uh, the poundage. But she's saying here, she, I'm going to speak to Ofcom. I want a public apology from Big Brother. She'd have signed a contract yeah. saying oh, they can do that they can do anything. And either, you know, you learn how to play the game or you come out and think, how can I get some publicity? She said she's had eggs thrown at her car and uh, notes have been sent to her calling me a bitch. Pfft, God, of that. Least of your problems, love, I tell you. Mm. Least of your problems. You just have to learn to live with it, don't you? Everybody does it. All these loonies out there. Yeah. Sort of, you know, la-la land, writing notes and emails and texts and things like that. Just ignore them. They're mentally ill. Well, is that, if you're in well, the public eye in any way, yeah. presumably most of the feedback you're going to get is negative or overwhelmingly positive because only people at extremes of emotion will bother doing it. No one's going to write in saying, Nadia, you're okay. I have no strong opinions either way, but yeah. you're fine. Yes, you're right, yes. You are going to write something and you're going to think, I hope she reads this and gets really upset. 
Whereas probably Nadia's thinking, I want to know who you are because you're hiding behind a fake name. I want to go around your house, drag you out in front of the television cameras and go, this little pervert here is the one who writes filthy notes to people. Mm. That's what you want to do. She needs to rise above. But you rise above it, you just put it down to the fact they're a bit simple and they don't have a proper job or any friends. Well, exactly, they have time to write that letter. Of course. So it doesn't bode well for yes. them. Yes. I think everybody in this business is always... I mean, you know, we used to have Katie Boyle here years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably, a bit, probably, probably more your grandmother's uh, era. And there used to be somebody who used to send in just what we used to call rude stuff. Oh. To Katie Boyle, you know, a woman who, you know, you just didn't even swear in front of Katie Boyle. And, yeah. uh, and and then it turned out it was somebody in Luton, some poor bloke pretending to be a woman, <laughs> writing in from... Because all these people are traceable. They don't realise that they've got fingerprints and things like that. And they, they were caught and prosecuted. Wow. Many years ago, actually, I had a job, which was... Uh, I had a, a job. How lovely. I had a job once. <laughs> An old-fashioned thing. Not like today. It's been a while. <laughs> it has. Uh, being, but that was filtering uh, posts to newsreaders at the BBC. Oh, yes. And uh, any that were too psychotic didn't get through. And there was one, which is like a map. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just the kind of thing we used to get. Actually, funny thing is, at the, at the BBC, and I think a lot of big television companies, they filter all the mail. All the mail is filtered through. So the presenter or the person who never actually gets to see it, unless it's a nice thing. Yeah, they weren't even interested in the nice things, really. I think once you've no. read a few hundred, you just don't care anymore. But you used to better spot the writing on the envelope, didn't you? I mean, nowadays, <laughs> it's a bit difficult to spot with a, with an email. You'd thing. be surprised. There are certain... Oh, really? People who write into our show, because we're podcasters as well, mm. will write in with... Uh, it's almost like a sort of transcribed electronic version of the crazy cut-up letters on the, yes. on the you know, the, the kidnap notes send. Yeah. Just like, it's like it's all been cut out of a paper, very erratic. You know, large capital letters and then small and weird wacky fonts. Yes. Emoticons that are flashing at Terrible you. Terrible punctuation. You can kind Dreadful of tell. Spelling. You Dreadful can tell spelling. the weirdos. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, Not I mean, everyone I... who spells badly is a weirdo. They might just be dyslexic. No, it is true. But, yeah, you can t- but you yes. can tell the weirdos. And often their email address as well is a clue that they're a weirdo. If it's got too many X's in... Yeah. Or fairly that a couple of underscored things or 6572 or yes. something like that. Yeah. And you look at me and think, no, you are a bit sad and stupid. It was a bit like CB Radio taken on a stage where everybody had a, a handle... Which was your name? As opposed to calling yourself "Hello, I'm Steve," and this is this is Helen, this is Ollie. It would be I'm sort of you know um, desert mic- rat, de- desert rat or microphone, <laughs> and uh, Helen would be I don't know whatever you'd be. Did you ever see B Radio? No, just I'm, as well. I, I, I think it was just as well. Yes, but everybody had these. What, what's your real name? Can't tell you. You know, do you think? Mm. Oh, for goodness' sake, grow up. Exactly because it's a why? Bit like that on the internet, and and people do. Do do all this stuff, and it's 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 embarrassing, really. So, do we feel sorry for Nadia or not, yeah. or are we saying, I say she knows what she's doing. She's she's an adult. She needs to pull herself together. Well, I I, I I feel both actually. I think she does sort of know what she's doing, which is why she's talking to a tabloid about it. But yeah. I do think we shouldn't push aside the fact that the producers who work on shows like Big Brother are world-class persuasionists. That's what they do. They talk people into doing stuff. It's the same people who work on shows like the Jeremy Kyle show. You know, there are producers who would have gone backstage and told her that the reason she needs to go into the Big Brother house now is the public love you. They're showing a VT, showing how amazing you are. When you go in, you're going to have a brilliant time. You don't have anything else on at the moment. (laughs) Yes. And I think, you know, they do, they are, all of these contestants are are sold that they are the star attraction when yeah. they go in. That's why people with these massive egos like Vanessa Feltz, like Arika Johnson, yes. go in. Yes. Everyone's told that. Everyone thinks they're nice. Everyone thinks everyone's going to get yeah. on with them. They come out, they do genuinely get a shock. Well, because the worst thing is that it's, uh, it's, it's like being... I remember 
it was uh, some years ago, Bross, when, when they were in their heyday, bless mm. their little hearts, were everywhere. And everywhere they went, they had uh, photographs taken and the paparazzi leapt in front of them. And then they upset the paparazzi over one thing. And I can't remember what it was, that they said something and they turned up at a venue. And when they turned to the paps to have their picture taken, the paps all turned their backs on them. <gasps> And they didn't get any pictures at all. And both of them had to go grovelling to say, really sorry, guys, sorry we upset you. Because they thought that they were big stars and they could treat people badly. Mm. And, uh, and the press told them exactly where they could get off. Just goes to show, good manners but it's, nothing. It's, but you're in the Big Brother house, people are filming you, they know they're being watched. Then they come out and they're just little Mr and Mrs Ordinary living Crouch End. You know, they're going back to their dirty little flat and that's all they've got. But they've got 20 grand in the bank and that's it. Yeah, but this is the thing with the um, with the Big Brothers that involves celebrities. It's 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 demystifying people like Ulrika Johnson even further. But I mean, it's not going to make <laughs> necessarily make you more excited to see them no, on television, no. is it? I think less is more probably. My heart drops case. when I see Vanessa Feltz turning up yet again. I always think, well, at least she's obviously got a, a, a nice window in her diary that she can afford to take a week out oh, and go and sit she there. She doesn't need to be doing this. No, she does exactly. That's the sad thing. She doesn't need to be doing it, but she's obviously so so desperate to get back in the limelight. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 26 and a half minutes to uh, nine. Sunday morning, LBC 97.3. Looking at the papers for us today. Helen Zoltman and Ollie Mann. Hello. Hi. Only you could hear the conversation in the studio that you're not privy to. We the walls are blushing. Bit. A good old bitch and a gossip. <laughs> You'd be proud of us. You really would. <laughs> so anyway, having sort of, I suppose, disposed of poor, poor Nadia, mm. which mm. is a bit of a shame, really, and uh, and then and then Tony Blair on every program under the sun. Yes. Selling his book. Yes. Appearing, I think, on Irish television with, with Jedward. They, they were. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an embarrassment. We've also booked you on uh, Bram and uh, Jedwood are on there. They've got Lovely. lots in common. They have a lot in common, don't well, they? Both actually, selling something. If we're going to talk Blair, yeah. briefly. Yes, please. There is a story. Uh, I'm sorry to refer to the Daily Star Sunday again, but it is Dear where it me. is. Uh, there's a story that Prince William uh, considers Tony Blair's book a betrayal. Uh, uh, the reason being that in the book, Blair says that um, this is immediately after his mother's death, death so... I suppose in the context of the book, it is a very long book, but it feels in questionable taste to make this a news story, but there we are. Uh, in the book, apparently, Blair says that William was angry at being made to play a public role whilst he was grieving for his mum. Um, and, essentially, the palace has been gossiping to the Daily Star Sunday and saying William's furious that what he considered a private, confidential conversation when he was, after all, basically a child, yeah. uh, has been brought up and and drudged up by Tony Blair's book. I think it's a marginal detail compared to, obviously, all the stuff that he said about Iraq, and there are other yes. more serious allegations in the papers that parts of the uh, book might not even be entirely accurate. But uh, it's not a good falling out to have, is it, with the future King of England, oh, if you're the former Prime Minister? Come on, though. The book's only been out, what, a few days? There's no way William's finished it already. No. Well, in fact, the, the Mirror never, never got it to start with because there were no comp copies of it. So the Mirror went, went abroad to get a copy and had it translated <laughs> so they could, they, they could make sure that they had the right quotes. What, what, what Blair has done in the book, though, with, with relation to the royal family is, is printed conversations between the Queen and himself, and that is totally forbidden. You are mm. never allowed to repeat a conversation that the Queen has with you. Mm. It's supposed to remain confidential and between well, the two people. part of New Labour's reforming uh, zeal. Is it because the Queen repeats her anecdotes ad infinitum? <laughs> 
pr- Princess Margaret used to have little cards, and they would give her the list of cards and say, these are the people you're meeting. And she'd go, f- f- last met so-and-so, so-and-so, and you know this about them. And so she would sit in the car and read it. That's and they'd go, good. nice to... Exactly. That's what a good PR does, you yes. see. They give you the information. So you know, we met before, didn't we? We met, you know, the last time was God, two years ago, was it now? Unbelievable. And you then think... You know who I am. Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Of course, nobody's got any idea at all. And <laughs> <laughs> also, in favour of Tony Blair, though, actually, who does he speak he's to who he's it, not... Though. He's minting it. He's minting it at the moment, Well, he's giving it? it to the Royal British Legion. You no, think he's no, he's not. No, he's not. He, what, what he's given, he's given the advance yeah. to no, the Royal British Legion. Legion. And, and all the royalties. All the royalties, yes. Everything. Everything. From the book. It's because he's making such an unbelievable amount of money from talking the rest of the Well, I mean, you know, what, what other former Prime Minister could say, no, I don't want that £4 million? He's obviously doing very well. well but it's a hell of an advance. It is a hell of an advance. Buy his children a lot of houses with that. Yeah, yes. please have a word with our publishers, Helen. Our advance was not that. But um, <laughs> I do think... Um, who does Tony Blair speak to who technically he isn't forbidden to tell details about? You know, if, if he wasn't allowed to include conversations he had with the chief of the army, the deputy prime minister, the president of America, the royal family, there'd be no book. So if he's going to write yeah. a book, he's going to have to detail those things. And sh- surely, therefore, every prime minister, Margaret Thatcher, John Major, when they've written their memoirs, must have also betrayed some of those confidences too. The difference is... Margaret Thatcher's memoirs came out, and everybody else, and nobody was particularly interested. You know, it, it, it moves in a different circle to Tony Blair's, which shoots to the top of the bestseller list, and everybody's quoting it. And this, and I'm thinking, what is it about Tony Blair that makes people want to go and buy his book? I, I wonder whether it's just trying to work out what he's not saying in the book, because you can imagine a lot of things are going to be so incredibly subjective. And he doesn't seem like the kind of man who says, "Yes, I do regret starting the war. Actually, I was a bit off the mark." No. So I think it could be very revealing without intending to be. Um, oh, I thought it was weird, though, that what a lot of the papers were leading with earlier in the week when the book had just come out about uh, Tony's torrid nights with Sherry. And the it, drinking. The yes. drinking thing. that it, Well, I didn't believe a word of Half it. Half a bottle of wine. My Half a goodness. Of wine. Gin and tonic. <laughs> in the course of a week. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. I don't, I don't buy into that one at all, actually. He just didn't look like a drinker. No, he didn't have the time. He didn't have, exactly. He seemed to be quite busy most of the time. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I think, I mean, he was under such a lot of enormous pressure that I can imagine that, even though I agree with you, he doesn't look like a drinker, no. I can imagine that under that kind of pressure it makes sense. Yes. Um, but oh. it, I guess that's the kind of thing no one can prove or disprove. You have to take it from the horse's mouth. Don't At you? the moment, I'm trying to get an invite to the Pope over here. A friend of mine is handling some of the PR, and I'm saying, you can't get me an interview with His Holiness. <laughs> you know, just to ask him questions. A paper review with Pope paper Benedict. Review. <laughs> exactly. The Pope's in to do the papers this morning. <laughs> What a thrill that would be, because I'd love to talk to him. There's a certain, you know, there's certain people you see and you think, I'd like to talk to you, actually. Sit down on a one-to-one basis. Like, I'd like to sit down with Prince Philip mm. and have a one-to-one without having to do one of these silly scripted things and find out what they really think about everything. That mm. would be fascinating. He'd be really good. Would you have to interview the Pope in Latin? That's a point. I never thought about that, actually. <laughs> I could probably do a little bit of it in Latin. <laughs> I could get as far as a Moa Mass, and then we could leave it after that. Or German. He does German. Yes, he, he, German? He, he does German very well, apparently, we're very, told. Yeah. Very well. Even some words we've never heard of, mm. <laughs> he will be able to do. I just think it'd be nice to talk to somebody who's, whose life is so devoted that, that you can't leave the job. You kind of die in it. Yeah, I often And then feel they like put you on display. Teachers, <laughs> they leave you in the middle of the basilica. Oh, it's too... It, it's, it's not an appealing job to me. But nor is being uh, the Queen. Not that I'm in line to be I was going to say, yeah, no danger of either of I don't want to tell happen. you this, Helen, but, I mean, it's, it's not likely to happen, whichever no, way. I, I th- I, it seems that my birth will not allow it. Yes. But it seems like a terrible job to me. But here's a strange link to make, and we're probably the only programme making a link between Nadia from Big Brother and the Pope. 
But rather <laughs> like her, and you, we were talking about before how she chose to go back in that house. Get the Pope on Big Brother. <laughs> yeah. He chose to put himself forward to be Pope, so it's a bit different to the Queen. God chose him, Oliver. Into... Yeah, okay. Yes, no, of I course. think he was no chosen by, yes. You know what I mean? He was moving in the right circles to be considered. Yeah. And uh, that's a bit different, isn't it, to the Queen Can you turn it down, into... though? Can you turn it down? Can you actually say, we've all voted you in as Pope. I'd rather not do it, actually. No, I don't think you can, but you, you don't oh. get into the position where you're going to be voted in as Pope unless you're a pretty serious contender, I think it's fair to say. I think if you suddenly decided you didn't want to do it, you could just say, oh, the Bible's just allegorical, don't read it as history, then you're not going to get the job you're anymore. You're certainly going to be a controversial figure, aren't you, if you do that? Yes. Yeah. And he certainly is a controversial figure, I'm afraid. Yeah. Rather. I like the last one better. He, he looked like a Pope. He looked kindly. This one, I don't, I don't like him. I don't like his face. I, 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 I can't help it. You know what I mean, don't you? We did read a fantastic thing about the Pope. What was it? He's selling pictures via text message. I mean, yeah, to, to, fund his, to fund his trip over here. Yeah. I thought we were paying for it. Yes, that's right, yeah. Because it's a state it's visit. It's a state visit, that's right, state yeah. visit, so well, But the story said to fund his trip, so I don't know, but, I mean, obviously there's expenses on the Vatican side as well, I suppose. Well, there's sandwiches and everything. I mean, they eat, like, <laughs> horses over there. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the council taxes, the unbelievable can- Exactly. The Pope Mobile itself... Yes, that must require quite a lot of fuel. Yes. Slow-moving. The thing is, there is a slightly, I think, slightly unpleasant, slightly Catholic bashing thing about these people quoting these funny mementos and silly things, you know, pictures of the Pope on a doorstop that you're going to be able to buy. And like I say, you can text a number and get pictures of him. Mm. Uh, Some people probably use that uh, to, uh, like I say, have a bit of Catholic bashing. But the, the truth is it... It, it does seem to undermine His Holiness, doesn't it? If you can uh, do all these rather naff things. You've been with to Vatican image. City. I haven't actually. No, you have to go. It's it's. Is that it's, pretty naff as well? Well, it's. I mean, a because in in Rome there's so much graffiti. Mm. There's this enormous place. You go inside the basilica, and it's just vast. I mean, it's big, but everywhere there are these mafia-looking types who've got the dark suits on, the dark glasses, the little talking brooches, yes. and the whole thing. Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> keep, keep here, please. Move. Move. And, and it's really very pushy. And, and you, you get the feeling that you're in a set mm. of something. And, mm. it's very, and then you go down into the crypt where all the popes are buried. And there's people dropping to their knees and crossing themselves. And it's, I mean, it's, it, it's very well done. But you get the feeling you're in a giant Hollywood set. But it is it's a very real. theatrical fate, Terrible. Isn't it? Terribly theatrical. A lot of props. Yes, yes. A lot of throwing of water and this and that. And I mean, I, I just wonder what the Pope does when he sort of the windows close and he goes back after he's done his tour. He goes, oh, thank God, that's over for another day. Puts on a tracksuit and watches an antiques <laughs> You think so? <laughs> and Scott, how much would I get for this chalice? Mm. Oh, yes, there's a lot of stuff around here. Well, in fact, a few of the uh, pictures from the Sistine Chapel are over here. A few of the cartoons are yes. on loan to this country. We, we have the ones from the Queen's Gallery uh, over here at the moment. Mm. And now we, we've got some from, from the Vatican. What are we going to do with them all? I don't know. I just look at these pictures and think they wouldn't fit in my hall. That's a fact. They're far <laughs> too big. They make something of our sort of size. Put them on a ceiling, maybe. Yes, exactly. I'd love to have Michelangelo coming in to paint a ceiling for us. He's, be very good. He's all booked up. Kerry Katona's uh, thirty this weekend. Congratulations, Kerry. Happy birthday, Kerry. Happy birthday, Kerry. Still no friends, still no work, but happy birthday. I can't believe Kerry Katona is younger than me. She's been through so much. She's got four children. Four children. Yes. Two ex-husbands. What mm. have I been doing with my life? <laughs> what a waste. I had that I feeling you. watching Corinne on the last series of Big Brother, who's also younger than me as well, and she looks, I mean, she looks ten years older than me. I just couldn't believe that she's that age. Yeah. 29. Yeah. She's 29. Really? Yeah. In my mind, Carrie's early 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I, I thought so too. But do you not look at people and, and you think, and you're how old? You think, I look better than you, yeah. and I'm much older. Yeah. Because obviously, people—if if they smoke and drink now—you do age. 
Yes, and bit. she yeah, she does a lot of things that would yes, make her age. I would think so. And yeah. then, then, then they try and rescue it back. David and Victoria Beckham apparently are putting Beckenham Palace up for sale. Have they even been in it for about five years? Well, yes, I mean, they, they have staff there. I've seen it. Really? You can see it from the road. Any oh, good? Yeah. Would you it's want right. it? I wouldn't want it, no. Not really. I'd, I'd quite like to have a look around and see how they've decorated it. <laughs> That's what I'd be interested in. But you could see it, because it's down in Essex, and mm. on the road. The road passes there, and in the wintertime, when all the trees are not overgrown, you can look right through to it. Well, you know, the thing is that we're really bad at in this country is that thing that they do very well in the USA, which is memorialise pop culture at the time that it's happening. Mm. You know, if, if an equivalent of a megastar the size of David Beckham married to a massive pop star, well, former pop star like Victoria Beckham, if an equivalent of that couple in America had a house and it was up for sale, you can bet that some massive entertainment conglomerate would buy the house yes. and open it up to the public as a museum. Yes. Like Graceland. And that just does... I mean, in a way, it's nice that doesn't happen here because we're, we're of much better taste. But really? I do kind of think sometimes... When you've got people like... For, imagine being able to tour Paul McCartney's house that he lived in when he was a child. You can't do that. And yet, you, imagine the money for tourism that could. would come out of that. It's part of a tour in Liverpool, isn't it? Well, you I just had to pull Ringo's down. But the, 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 there's not the industry in Liverpool that there would be in America in an equivalent place. Yeah, but, but, but then most of the American stars tended to be worldwide stars, whereas, you know, mm. over here... I mean, I know the Beckhams are big in America, but they're not that big in America. Mm. But they've been told to cut back, and they've, they've had to start getting rid of staff. This house that they hardly spend any time in, better to get rid of it and stick 15 or 18 million quid in the bank. I think it's worth 15 million. It's big enough to be worth 15 million. Are there any gold things on the gateposts? Like no, the gates dogs? are really all the brickwork around the gates is awful. That's, that's oh. noticeable. <laughs> like they've obviously brought in a cheap brickie. Well, they and need to, uh, they it's not very nice. Who needs estate agents' particulars when <laughs> you've got Steve Ellen and LBC Absolutely. to assess your front gates? Change the gates. That's what Sarah Beanie would tell them. You know, the curb appeal is very important. Yes, yes. And also, Magnolia. I think Magnolia everywhere. Don't start doing these fancy colours. You know, mm. it's not really worth it. Okay, so we check on the uh, roads. Morning, everybody. Uh, 12 minutes to uh, 13 minutes to nine. Let's just uh, nip back very quickly, just before we go back to Helen and uh, Ollie, to our reporter down at the Thames Barrier. They're going through their annual test closure. Declan, morning. Oh, he's not there yet. Oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. I thought he was there, actually. So, I tell you, do you want to do a, a quickie for us, Helen, before we go back? Yeah, on there? the front of the Telegraph today, uh, it says, ITV chiefs tell glum Adrian Childs to cheer up. On his new morning show. He's miserable, isn't he? Yeah. Morning, everybody. It's just his it? little face. Yeah. That's part of the charm, isn't it? That's no, I th- no I, th- I think the charm in the morning is somebody who's supposed to wake you up, not somebody who looks more asleep than you feel. Oh, that's well, true. that's the issue, though, isn't it? Yes. Is, is Adrian and Christine the double act going to work? No. In the mornings? No. 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 Well, no. you're a morning specialist. Tell us I'm why. I'm a morning Steve. specialist. Tell, tell us why. why. They all think, and everybody thinks, and I've seen it with a million people before, that it's easy to go to bed, you know, at seven or eight o'clock at night and wake up at three in the morning. It is not easy. Mm. You've really got to be very disciplined. She said in one of the papers, say, oh, I'm going to carry on going out. I thought you won't because you're going to start slipping up and falling asleep and you're just not going to look wide awake. The whole idea is you've got to completely change your life if you're doing breakfast. You know, it's it's a real, it's a discipline. You know what it's like if you do Sky, yeah. you've got to get up at a certain time. It's no good going to bed an hour before you've got to get up. You but have then, to do it. W- w- at least in his favour, what Adrian Charles has by being grumpy mm. and, you know, appearing to be sort of making it all up on the spot, although yeah. clearly he does do his research. Yes. But 
the fact that he has that to fall back on means if he does balls up, he can sort of pretend that it's all just, oh, he's like, oh I got that slow. I mean, Eamon Holmes does a very similar trick. Yes, where, you I know, do the same. Yeah. <laughs> you but do the same. If, if you actually make a mistake, you go, I'm terribly sorry, I was rubbish this morning. Yeah, I absolutely. do beg your pardon. No, 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 but you're a complete pro, You're human, exactly, you're yeah. human. And I, exactly, and I'm not slagging off that technique. That is a legitimate yeah. way to do it, isn't it? Because if, if your personality is that you're laid back, then in a way, if you get it slightly wrong and you look a bit tired, then you can sort of get away with it maybe a bit more. Well, you tend to find that it's okay for... For, for men to do that, women on yes. television for breakfast tend to be a little bit smiley, smiley, Carol, smiley, which gets a bit grating. Oh, you know? that's sexism, though, isn't Wait, it? Helen, is that sexism? Seems sexist to me. That, that's all I want Christine to do, smile and look incredibly orange, judging by the papers yes, today. Yes, but, I'm a fit, but we don't, we want it to be normal, you know, if, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I, I only defend radio only because I think breakfast television is a bit disposable. Mm. You know, you sort of pass the television, oh, look, there's another celebrity on there, you know, or something, oh, it'll be, you know, somebody from the X Factor or something like that. The, the problem will be the big demands made by the presenters going, we need big stars, and the big stars don't want to get up at, you know, five in the morning, unless they're Westlife. So most of them will have to be pre-recorded, which means that contrary to what, you know, Adrian and her think, they're paying you a lot of money, they're going to make you blooming well work for it. They might as well pre-record the whole show. Might as well. You wouldn't know. No, if that's that true. show went out tomorrow, pre-recorded, because they'd done it all today, you'd never know. If they'd done it eight months ago, you yeah. might not know. Yes, it, it would be quite easy. Well, you're not the only one who has reservations about morning television, oh, Steve, because uh, also in the Sunday Telegraph, they have a 19-page document that's been leaked to them from ITV. Uh, that's the one that Helen was actually quoting from, where they said that Adrian should cheer up and stop looking so glum. Yeah. Uh, in that document, this is executives at ITV describe GMTV as lazy cheesy and crap nice that's in the document how's Lorraine so going to take that to be that? fair to be fair that's after the show's finished isn't it so of course they're having a bit of a post-mortem saying what can we do differently yeah. I'm sure the document actually was quite optimistic about what they can do differently but nonetheless if that's the assessment of executives within the building yes. um, then I, I suppose it, it, lots of people who work on that side of daytime TV probably feel the same way about it well, but, Richard, it, it, but there is only the one way of interviewing a celebrity a celebrity comes in you go hello you sit down I go so tell me about your new book because that's what they're there to talk about. They're not there to talk about anything else. Mm. They have to get the plugs in. I remember a very famous Hollywood actress being interviewed by Terry Wogan, and the policy at the BBC was, you're not allowed to let somebody hold their book up. That's product placement. Yes. And this very famous Hollywood actress said, are we going to talk about my book now? Yes. And held it up to the camera. And you could see the, the programme producer going, get it up, get the camera off, off, off. Too late now, though. Too the book's late, been it's been shown. done. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's all they're going to be doing, is interviewing the same people that we all interview here. Well, also, it's a rare trick on TV to get different answers to what they're just trotting out in every single interview in their interview round, isn't it? And I think Jonathan Ross used to do that, Simon Amstel used to do that, but not that many people. Yes. You can kind of guess what the person's going to say before they've even gone on screen. Well, hold on, though. The role of this Daybreak programme as it is now, or GMTV as it was, is not to be innovative and different. I mean, it's great that they can revive it and put some fresh blood into it, but actually, you're talking about, oh, they'll do the same interview as all the other shows. GMTV was the standard bearer of all those other shows. Mm -hmm. It is the most mainstream flagship ITV morning show. Someone's got to do that, and they do do it quite well, don't they? Richard Maidley says, uh, though, odds are against the show being a success... Only one in three new shows work. Yeah, well, that's block. his excuse for their for not being on watch, television. Exactly. Let's face it, poor old Richard and Judy. Lovely though they were, and it was very sweet. When they did this morning, it was very good, innovative. They moved from Liverpool to London. It never worked. They gradually went down, 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 down. Till the end, most people watching were working on the show. And <laughs> and to be honest with you, people wanted to hear more from her, and he kept walking all over her. So I'm not really interested in what Richard Madeley's got to say because he did it so many years ago, and it's moved on since then. Mm. You know, in the same way that you know other shows, a lot of shows fail. 
if this one fails, and they will try everything to keep it going... They'll just replace it with something that's the same anyway. If it fails, they'll just change the name on the sofa, won't they? The only thing I've noticed is a, a distinct lack of, uh, of sort of different colour faces. It seems to be an all-white breakfast show. Yeah, that is As far true, as I can it? see. Yeah. I looked at it thinking, excuse me, where, where is the ethnicity that we're supposed to be promised in everything? Well, maybe that's why she's been hitting the South Tanner so hard. You think so? That, that, that's <laughs> to cover for the fact that there appear to be no, no black people working on the show, no Asian, no nobody. No, that's absolutely right. Although, of course, it may be in the case in the course of a three-hour live show that goes out five days a week that there will be people of ethnic minority but they're not being put well they're not the being put right forward now. are they no. the poster, all, all the right. ones put up on the poster are very white you know sparkly people yeah, you're absolutely right that's very astute and i had not noticed that until yeah. you just said but you're absolutely right that was the first thing that leapt out because i looked at the people thinking excuse me where where are the black faces where are the asian where are the people representing what's out there and it's not mm. like they're short of uh, talent either no it's not like you'd just be doing it in the positive discrimination way there are plenty of people yeah exactly that would be very good to employ well, when you're in charge, Steve, well, I then just think the show it, should, it should represent what's out there on the street. If you have an, I remember once we, I, I did a show for Channel Five, and the the agency who were who were booking the audience booked an all black audience. Now, don't ask me whether I think they must have been down to Brixham with tickets for a free show. Channel Five, <laughs> so they all turn up. All the presenters white. <laughs> you can imagine, can't That's you? Bizarre, isn't we it? all come out, and there's an all black audience, and I'm thinking they're looking at us, thinking. Where, where, where are the black presenters? Well, I remember just, um, you know, Woody Allen got in trouble for this because uh, he was making films set in New York and people were saying, well, the only people that are on screen are white people. And he said, well, I just call up my extras agency and I say, get me 100 extras to be in the background of the scene. And OK, I write stories about white people, but I'm very happy to have extras of all different ethnicities. And the extras company was sending him people that were only white. They didn't. I want extras of all different ethnic well, backgrounds. Well, you were supposed to, because in all, in all the... In the Moons of Balloon by David Niven, he went in there and Central Cast is saying, OK, we need 1,500, you know, Pakistani, Asian, Indian-looking mm. people, mm. Uh, 200 black people. And so they, they had a cast list. Yeah. What they were looking for, as opposed to just... You know, we need 500 people. Well, exactly. I mean, you, you think if you're filling a street of New York set, that would be very obvious. Yeah. That would be we colours. have somebody who's just going to fall down in the gutter. I don't know, Ewan Blair's not available today. Perhaps <laughs> you can get him next week. I don't know. <laughs> Other stories in the papers today. Can oh, I oh. chuck in a fun one from The Telegraph? Yes, one? good Lord, a fun one. Right, this is uh, about... You get this story every year, actually. Uh, after you get the rush for UCAS placements at university, you then get the story about the kids that couldn't get in, and then you get the story about the places that are empty for the unusual subjects and then you get a list of the ridiculous subjects and everyone has a laugh so here's that list uh combining waste management with dance is a course that you can apply for surprisingly that one's not full um, <laughs> studying... not enough incontinent dancers in this world <laughs> studying equestrian psychology now that one actually doesn't seem such a crazy subject to me horse whisperer and all that yes yes i, I could do that maybe not for a master's but for an undergrad you want to keep it broader well, don't you? that's true but my favorite is uh, the uh, joint honors in criminology and pop music production <laughs> Katie Price could do that one, Jordan, because <laughs> she has said she wants to be a criminologist. Indeed, has she? She said on her interview, she said, I'm really fascinated by sort of the brain. I thought, yes, we're, we're fascinated with yours too, dear, <laughs> when we find it. It is. I found myself in a green room with someone who's the head professor of criminology at, I think, the University of Birmingham, and he was absolutely fascinating. I thought, actually, I would have loved to have done that. Yes. I, I went round Scotland Yard's... Uh, so-called Black Museum. Oh, yeah. Went round that, and I did a talk, age and age, with the guy who developed fingerprints for New Scotland Yard. Wow. And that was quite interesting, the things that they can get. But the, but the museum is fantastic. 
It's got all the stuff in there that you think, oh, there, there's the pot that somebody boiled somebody's head in. There, there is their, their cooker. All the way round the walls are these heads, the masks of all the people who are executed in prisons. Oh, God. And all the hangman's ropes and everything else. That sounds like right is good fun. I'm going to go. Yeah, it yeah. does sound good. But it's that you can't go. It's not open. Oh, damn it. You, you need to go. know somebody in the know. We'll you need be to be Celebrity know. Steve Allen. <laughs> damn it. We'll say Steve Centre. <laughs> yeah, Steve Allen Centre. That'll be nice. <laughs> what, what's the password to get in? Oh, I, can't, I couldn't possibly tell you, Ian <laughs> Holmes. I, um... <laughs> no, I couldn't tell you. Listen, well, sadly, we've got no more time. Oh. We, we've run out. I was going to say, actually, I didn't realise that when, when Tony Blair was in uh, Dublin... Uh, protesters hurled shoes at yep. him. Shoes, bottles, eggs. 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 And they all missed him. I know. That's long rubbish. Yeah. Where are shoes from? What, what's the shoe thing? Did that start a while ago? No, it started in Iraq, didn't it? Did they oh. bring their spare shoes? They're not going to throw the know. shoes that they're wearing. It was very rainy. Did you go through the cupboard and go, I like that... Pe- or throw these... I don't like these ones, but throw these ones. Well, Bush got a shoe, didn't he? So I That's think it's right, time yes. to give Blair a shoe, is probably the thinking there. Give the man a shoe. Hey. And he was thinking he'll go to Ireland and everyone will say thank you for the peace process. Yes. No, instead he got Jedward, I'm afraid. <laughs> but there you go. He, he got what also, he deserved. To be fair, he also got a queue around the block of people wanting to get their books signed. Of as course well. he did. So, Absolutely, because they're worth more if they're signed. Just don't get them signed personally. Remember, okay? <laughs> You've got to just get it signed. Just Tony Blair. If you get it, you know, to Ollie, to Helen, to, it's not worth as much. That's right. Yeah, it only mind. sells to somebody called Ollie or Helen. Yeah, Damn. Worth, worth okay. Uh, Helen Altman, Ollie Man. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Steve. What fun. Thank you. Uh, news is next. After that, Darren's here, and don't forget, uh, we've got a Sony Vio to give away. Your say on London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past nine. Pauline says, do newspaper people live a charming, unadulterated, perfect life? But they all have so much to say about everybody else's lives. Does their own bear scrutiny? William Hague's a good politician, honourable and likeable, actually good at his job, if a little naive. Considering the cynical hacks in the press, he'll always be prey to. He should have been more circumspect and not worn a baseball cap. It wrecked him last time, when at the Notting Hill Carnival, the look was never a lucky one for him. Tis true, actually. Tis true. Uh, 84850. Uh, John tells me that the train delays at Richmond on Friday were caused by a suicide. I knew it had to be a suicide. And the only reason I knew that is because uh, when I spoke to the, uh, the guy at Waterloo Station, he said it's an incident. I said, you mean somebody's thrown themselves in front of a train? He said, it's an incident. I thought, yeah, I know what an incident. That's what they call it now, isn't it? It's an incident. There you go. He says, uh, I work on the railway, though not on that line. A good fr- friend of mine works in the, uh, in the control there. So, uh, Julian, thank you for that, everybody. He says, I'm sorry you were inconvenienced. Your ticket should have been accepted by local buses. Well, it wasn't, actually. It wasn't. It's, it's, we've got afraid people use... Um, what are those cards? Oyster cards now. And of course, it was of course it was accepted, but they charged us for it. So uh, you know, it's as simple as that. I'm afraid. He said, "I'm sure the person who died was inconvenienced rather more." Not really. They weren't actually. That was the whole idea. They weren't inconvenienced. <laughs> you know, unless, of course, you believe in from the other side. Darren's back with us. Morning. Morning. I've got um, a Sony Vio to give away. You can go to the doctors to get it cured. I know I can, yeah. but I thought if, if, I, if, I, if I bought the cream, then it would yeah, be different. Absolutely. So, uh, this one is... Now, Darren will tell you, 320 gigabytes is big of hard drive. Wireless enabled, so you can access the internet. Person with a lotion unique bid will win. You can access the internet if you have a wireless router. Wireless router. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm so excited with my phone. I can now, I can now do... Oh, make phone calls. I can make phone calls, <laughs> and I can see the person I'm talking to if they've got one of these. Yeah, lucky you. I did it the other day. It's very exciting. Welcome to the 21st century. And I've discovered the video on it. Ha! Ha! 
<laughs> I've only had it about three months. Anyway, if you fancy going for the fantastic Sony Vio laptop, and you should do, because they go for pennies. This one finishes at 10am this morning. Do you play, you text Steve, Sutter Ever Air, and then your bid in pence. So, for example, if you want to bid uh, 39 pence, you text Steve... 39, and send it to treble 821. If you want to bid £1.29, you text Steve129 and send it to treble 821. This competition finishes at 10 this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Uh, go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. A lovely, lovely thing to have. So, uh, so good news there. OK? Anyway, Darren's here. We've got a load of questions. Can I ask you about Kindle? Mm-hmm. Because somebody, uh, Rod says, I want to buy the new Kindle as a present, but the criteria is that the Read Me button, turning text to audio, works on all books. All online info doesn't say if it's only operational on certain downloads. Oh, that is a bit, that's a tough one. Don't oh, is the it? answer to that. No, but I don't know whether it would work on absolutely every single book. Ah, right. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't, but why don't you email Amazon? They'll yeah. answer the question. They're pretty fast. Yes. We can give them a call as well. Okay. Oh, they, they do calls too? You can, yeah, if you go on the website, there's a phone number. It's the same. I wonder if it works on the iPhone, because on the iPhone you can make it read out websites rather than you reading them. I know. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if it reads the books out to you. Well, right. You never know. Okay, try. Uh, Deb says, I've just bought a Sony sound system, which has a built-in iPod cradle, and was thinking about buying a 160 gigabyte iPod Classic to use with it. However, I've read reviews which claim the iPod Classic has a volume limiter if purchased in the EU, and this affects the sound quality when played on external speakers. My daughter has a Classic, which we bought in America a couple of years ago, and works fine. Will I notice any difference? I don't think you should do I mean, we've got mm. iPhones that have sound limiters on it. You can change the sound limit on it as well if yeah. you go into the preferences but I was playing this my one through a sound system yesterday actually and it sounded absolutely fine sounded fine and if you remember if you buy it from the Apple store you've got 14 days return policy yes. anyway so if you I've buy seen it, all the all the new things they brought out lovely well you're not buying any more iPods I don't think I need any more I keep looking at and thinking do I need another one I don't no, know no. I don't do I no no okay got one in your pocket you don't use yeah, my stomach, I'm yeah. afraid, I know. Because <laughs> I haven't eaten anything, actually. Yeah. Uh, now, Peter's got an Epsom scanner. It works OK with Windows XP, but downloads on Vista and Windows 7 don't work. Any suggestions? It's a driver issue. You need to go to the website Yeah, and uh, make sure the, the drivers you're using are compatible with that scanner. Yeah. Make sure it's supported by a Windows 7. All right? OK. Make sure it's supported by that. OK. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 84850... Uh, Darren's advice some weeks ago, great. Reinstall the drivers on the PC, says Jeff. Connects to wireless. Got another. How can I eliminate the old startup junk that opens whenever you restart Windows Vista? Uh, if you go into the start... Actually, you need to go to system.in. Um, I'll do that during the break. I'm trying to remember the, the okay. folder that you have to go into. There's a little folder that has all the programs that start when you start Windows. You go into that and you untick the ones you don't want to open. Right. OK. Uh, one here. Savory logged in on this computer. Sorry? Paul Savory's Amazon account is logged in on this. Is it? What shall we order? <laughs> Paul's, he'll be thrilled yeah. if you're listening, Paul. Yeah, Paul. Why are you still logged yeah. in? How funny. Well, hello, Paul Savory. It was probably a film I was after, but he hasn't been in for a couple of weeks. Shall we order his Kindle? Yeah. How much yeah. are they? Uh, £149. Yeah, it's OK. Put Four. it in his account. He won't. Yeah, let's get ten. ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one here says, Steve, each time I use my laptop to open any mail in my Hotmail, the entire page goes off. I'm unable to read my messages. Also, my Hotmail address automatically sends out messages regarding a potent drug. I did not compose. I think it's compromised. How do I resolve the problems? I'm not sure what you mean by, in my Hotmail, the entire page goes off. 
does it switch off or does it vanish or switches off? But it sounds like you'll uh, have a some sort of virus or trojan that's been installed into your computer if it's sending out emails. So go to LBC's website, download the antivirus and the anti-spyware and malware software that's on there. It's all free. Right. Okay. So download it via the LBC site. Okay. Good luck with that one. Uh, Graham says Blair said we would give the profits to the British Legion. I wonder how much is going out in expenses. He's already said they're getting at least four million pounds. Yeah, which is what the advance was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, at least. Yeah. He said, and any other extra money that's made on top, it's yeah. all going to them. He's been very clear about this. Yeah, there's no ambiguity to how much he's no, giving. No, he's giving them. it all away, and so Absolutely he should be. Probably more than any of us will ever donate to the British Royal yes. Legion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what are you laughing? For? Nothing. I'm just laughing. How much have you donated to this? Sorry. Year? How much have you donated? Just, I always donate to British Legion. <laughs> I, I don't give to people on the street. I no. either do to Diabetes UK or the British Legion. I don't do anything else. I give loads of stuff to the British Legion. Good. Loads of stuff. But I don't give to people on the street who stand there. We had a woman inside Marks and Spencer's the other day rattling a tin as you're going past her. And I'm oh, thinking, this is called begging. Yeah, it was the manageress. <laughs> give us some money. It's Marks and Spencer's. I thought, no, it's begging. You don't, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to do that. It's like chuggers. I'll try and trip them up. Or failing that, they get a mouthful of abuse, I'm afraid, you know. Like, how much are you earning, darling, a day for this? Shouldn't you be giving your fee to the poor people you're collecting from? Please ask Darren, says David in Poole in Dorset, which is lovely. Why an audio CD that I recorded on my computer won't play on CD players, although it does play on the computer? I recorded it from my Arcos DVR using Windows 7 Media Player, and it's a WAV file. You need to record it in the correct CD format. Ah, right. Um, if you've recorded it as a WAV file, it won't be recognised on ordinary... CD players, so use a piece of software that will convert it for you. Something like iTunes will do it. Hmm. If you can pull the track to iTunes and then push record CD, it'll make a CD for you properly. Oh wow, it's good, isn't it? Mm. There you go. Um, Have you ever made a CD on your computer? No, no. I don't know. It's possible. It's wasted to. on your. Is it? It's, it's wasted. Really I mean, it's, wasted to be honest it? with you, a computer is wasted <laughs> on me. I'd be better off with a set of beads, ladies and gentlemen. You know, even a phone, and they go, it does this. I go, it doesn't. Because I've got no idea. I mean, the other day, when I was, I was talking to my friend, uh, and I did it to Darren as well, and uh, I'm trying to get Giles to get his FaceTime up, because he wasn't connected to the internet. And then you could just talk to... What? what? I, I don't see why this is funny, I'm afraid, because I then look. I was... I was <laughs> on the camera roll thing, yeah. I made a video. Look. And I made... I made it in Joe Allen's. Look. It's so exciting. I made a video. I was I was I was tempted to sort of put it up on the uh, on the internet, but I thought I thought better of it. I made a video yesterday as well. Much Did you? Than yours, yeah. Oh, I bet yours was is yours at the zoo. Uh, well, I went to Whipsnade Zoo. Oh and right. Much to my surprise, yeah, there's a three day old baby rhino. No, look at that. Oh wow. See how tiny it is. Oh, it's tiny. So it'll be four days old if you go today. I tell you, the one thing I notice on these on these new phones is the quality of the pictures, That's the photographs. Really good, because I took a picture of St Paul's the other day, which we put on Twitter. Really, really. I mean, a really beautiful picture, isn't it? I mean, it came out so well. Five megapixel camera for you. It's not so good when you zoom, but if you take it... But look at the quality of that. Fabulous. I took that. Little me, with my little hand shaking and everything. I took that picture. How clever of me. Anyway, uh, James. Oh, no, we'll come to you, James, in a moment, uh, because I've got, uh, I've got some more questions. I don't know if you can do this one. I've upgraded, says Dina, my HTC Desire to the new 2.2 operating system. Android. Yeah. yeah. Now the Wi-Fi won't, won't work, and neither will the marketplace. Have you got any ideas how I can resolve well, it, that? It's officially supported by HTC. If you go to HTC's website, yeah. they have a support page for 2.2 for that particular model. There's no reason why it shouldn't work. No. 
you still have problems, give your uh, service provider a ring and they'll help you out. Right. Try reinstalling it, actually. Yes. Yeah, so go, go to the website, reinstall 2.2, yeah. see if it works. My answer to everything now, reinstall. Turn it on and off. Yeah, turn it... I did that the other day. I tell you what, I've, I've discovered on this thing, sometimes on this phone, it, it jams. Fixed next week. Yeah. In fact, this week, they're releasing so an have, update. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. I had the same in my car the other day. The indicator went three, 300 to the... Beep, 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 to, to indicate. That's a sign that the um, indicator's blown. Well, it's, well, I turned it on and off and it's fine now. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Funny, it's, that, it's like, almost that, as if there's a crop circle coming in from another planet. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's a bit sort, of, bit sort of scary. So Darren tells us there's loads of cars about town. Yeah. Old cars, classic in cars. Today. I was being overtaken by... Ancient classic cars. Really? Yeah, old Jaguars. Really, really. I mean, thirties, forties, fifties. Ow! I don't know where they're going. It's not the Brighton the run, cycle. is it? Well, it's the cycle ride today. And the big cycle thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know. What if Craig knows about the cars and the cycles? Let's find out now as we go to the travel department. Morning, every seventeen minutes past nine. If you have just joined us, you're very late. You're very, very late. Don't forget, we've got the how low for today, and the how low today is uh, the fantastic Sony Vio laptop. It can be yours for pennies. person with the lowest unique bid will win. This has got 320 gigabytes of hard drive. It's wireless enabled, so you can access the internet anywhere with Wi-Fi. Hammer comes down 10 o'clock this morning. To play this one, you text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, then your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. So to bid, for example, sixty-one. you text Steve, 161... And send that to treble eight two one. This competition finishes at ten a.m. this morning. You must be over sixteen. Entries are limited and cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Go on, have a go. I wonder what the highest you could bid would be. The highest bid: ten million four hundred fifty-five thousand two hundred thirty-two pounds and sixty-four pence. Yeah. Do you think I'll come back and say yes? You have a unique. You bid. have a unique bid on that one. <laughs> I quite like the lowest. <laughs> uh, Judith says my daughter's in Hong Kong for a holiday. Well, how lovely is that? And is thinking of buying an Apple Mac as it's cheaper than in the UK. Does the international warranty cover repairs and parts if it goes wrong when back in the UK? Would you and Darren recommend the purchase in, in Hong Kong or not? I think on the computers the international guarantee does apply. But when you bring it into the country, you have to pay VAT and duty at customs. Yes. So Unless, of course, you take it out of the box and you pretend it's your laptop. Which is a criminal offence. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. I've done that before. Not on that. I bought a briefcase <laughs> because I didn't realise... Well, years and years ago, I bought a briefcase in. A friend of mine asked me to buy a briefcase. And so I just pretended it was mine, put my items in it and walked through with a briefcase. Because otherwise you have to pay duty on it. And ladies and gentlemen, at Customs and Excise, he's going to Las Vegas <laughs> shortly. So do be sure to stop him when he comes back. Because <laughs> you can only... What is it, £100 worth of... fifty quid or something. Well, I shan't be buying anything. I shall, I'll, I'll, so, you, yes, you can buy it abroad, but remember the... You might have a different plug on it, so you'll have to change. Yeah, you have to that change plug. But the uh, VAT and duty may not make it worthwhile when you try and bring that huge box through customs. Yeah, kind of a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? Yes, okay, a bit of a giveaway. It's exactly the same as if, even if you get it FedExed, you they'll still you still have to pay the duty on it and things like that. Uh, could you ask Darren the following? The following. Uh, sorry, that's a old joke. <laughs> I use Windows Utilities, says Kevin, to clean disk space, and it removes, say. 90 MBs. I then use CCleaner and also removes, say, 50 MBs of rubbish. How come that happens? Because they're both looking for different items to clear up. Yeah. They're not, look, they're, they're not clearing up the same things, are no. they? No. So uh, it's good to run both. Yeah. Because it's releasing space from different areas. 
So right. CCleaner, for example, which you use on a PC, I released on uh, my Mac, which I use something called Clean My Mac, 60 gigabytes of space. Wow. All the rubbish. Is Shall I do that? Once in a while. You don't need to at the moment. No. You've got plenty of room. Have I? Mm. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, an American iPod, says uh, John, is louder than in the U- EU because of the regulations here. When connected to the dock, it's fine, but as the speakers go, the American ones are much yeah. louder. Yeah, yeah, that's what we said. That there's a limit on it due to EU regulation. That's why Dale buys all his abroad because they're louder and than they are over here. And he pays duty when he imports them as well. Yeah, and he it? pays duty as well. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think he has them over there and over here as well. Right. So it okay. works out much much easier, I think. Yeah. Uh, one here. I'm getting a pop up on my laptop. Says James, which says a drive in RAID O volume is failing. Try to back up data immediately. Sounds serious, is it? And what exactly do I do about it? I already have an external hard drive which is accepting regular scheduled backups. Well, what that means is the hard drive, RAID 0, is divided into different sections, so you may have four different disks, is about to fail. So you do need to back up. (laughs) It's quite serious. It is serious, and you will need to replace that drive. So go to whoever you bought it from, you haven't told us which make it is, Mm. or you can just buy a a new hard drive online or in a store and install it yourself. Right. But it might be easier if you go back to the people who manufactured it. But it is serious. Do your backup quickly. Right. Actually, talking of, of, of following things up, I, I took out my insurance a short while ago with Admiral, and the one thing I forgot to do, when they sent through this packet, you don't open it, you just to- open it, take out the insurance document, and then the thing I'm bothered about. And then they sent me an email the other day saying I'd forgotten to tell them the proof of my nine years no claims bonus. So I had to luckily go, because I thought I'd got rid of all the old stuff. Luckily, I still had an old policy, so I was able to read it over the phone to them. They're very helpful in Welsh Wales. And uh, Andrew, my new best friend up there at Admiral, has um, sorted it out for me. How Good. cool is that? I know. Over the phone. Uh, right, one here. Good morning. I have a Mac. Mm-hmm. Says uh, Luis. How do I remember? How do I change remembered passwords for sites? I changed my password on Facebook. When I try to log on, it remembers the old one. Try opening Keychain Access. So go in System Preferences and go to mm. Keychain Access. It will give you a list there of all your password sites. Um, oh, look really? up. Which one is it? Facebook. So yeah. go to Facebook and then untick that one and then you can start all over again. All right, simple as that. Yeah. Very good indeed. Actually, just at the moment, I think my, my bridge is going to fall out. Somebody sends me a thing for a dental implant clinic. Very expensive. Oh, what, dental implants? Oh, I know. I asked about this one here. Yeah. Can you see that in stereo? Yeah, in, in stereo. stereo yeah. Can see it. Yeah. And uh, oh, I said to the dentist, how much would it cost? And he laughed. He laughed? Yeah. Oh, why did he laugh? Because it would be £4,000. No. (laughs) Well, I can't remember how much I pay for it. They can either do it here or in Budapest. You're right. And they say here, for your comfort, transfer service, laptops in waiting room. Like you're going to be thinking about using the laptop. You're in a waiting room and somebody's going to do an implant, which is where they drill into your jaw. Budapest's a lovely city. Yeah, it is lovely. They've got in-house elevator. Very useful. (laughs) I like that idea. The flat screen TV. Advertising the fact they've got a, a an lift. in-house elevator, yes, <laughs> and they've got refreshments. They did eighteen hundred implants last over the last three years. Surgically, surgical procedure only performed by master implantologists. Have you ever heard of those before? But anyway, interesting because it's. I feel that my, my front bridge is going to not so loose, think. loose. I'm trying not to think about it in case it drops out. So just soup for you for the next week. Oh, no, no, I don't think so. No, definitely not. But uh, thank you very much indeed, Marilyn, for, uh, for that. Question for Darren uh, from Jane, who says, I get a message telling me my local C drive is full. I've used CC Cleaner, but it's still too full. I removed some Apple programs and now can't Hold access my... 
remove some... I removed some Apple programs. You can't use CCleaner on an Apple. No. Oh, right, Jane, you can't do that. Unless she's talking about iTunes. She says, it's still... I get a message about my local C drive is full. Right. And I've used CC Cleaner, but it's still too full. I removed some Apple programs, and now I can't access my iTunes. because you've removed the programs. I get a message saying to remove iTunes and reinstall. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to reinstall iTunes to access your music if you want to play it through iTunes. So you're going to lose purchases from the iStore? No. Because it's held in a separate part of the computer. So you must be using a PC because CCleaner doesn't use work on a Mac. Right. Um, just make sure they're in a separate folder. They should be. Go into your um, Explorer menu. Right-click on Start. Go into your folder where you keep the music. It's probably music and then the iTunes folder. Make sure it's separate and then reinstall iTunes. But if your computer's getting full up, you may need to buy an external drive or a second drive to install to help you out on that. Oh, right. Or go to the remove, Add and Remove Programs and have a look through the list of programs. If there's a thing on there you don't use, remove them. You followed that one? It's a problem, because so many people take loads of photographs, downloads, lots of music and videos. Without thinking it's using up space. And getting full up. Yeah, I, I do do that. I mean, I've, I've got pictures in here, in, in my phone, which I do actually lose every oh. so often. I, well, I, I, I just delete them, because I think I don't need them. Well, no, with yours, you see, you've got a Mac, so you connect your iPhone to your Mac. Yeah. You open iPhoto, which is a piece of software that came with your Mac. Yeah. And you tell it to import all the photos, and they'll be stored on your computer at home. Oh, right. You haven't got problems with storage space. I one, haven't. One invoice a month doesn't take out much space. No, I know. It's finding where it is, though, that's the problem. I, fe- I did find it, actually. Well, your invoice. Yes, right. I did find it. I was, I was quite grateful. I thought, I'm never going to find it, but luckily I did. Uh, Mark says, I love your show. I'm part of the Billericay Operatic Society. Didn't even know there was such a thing. You know who lives in Billericay, don't you? Yes. Uh, it says, any chance you can mention our next show to your listeners? We're performing The Pirates of Penzance at the Brentwood Theatre from the 5th to the 9th of October at 8pm. Plus, they've got a matinee. There's a website. It's billericayoperaticsociety.co.uk. Billericayoperaticsociety.co.uk. He says, this is the Gilbert and Sullivan classic with all the same songs and dialogue, but with up-to-date costumes. What the songs from Pirates? I've been in, I was in the Mikado in HMS Pinafore at school, but I can't yeah. remember the Mikado... Uh, uh, the... Uh, Pirates of Penzance. What's the famous song? Um, <laughs> it's, I can't remember what the song is from Pirates of Penzance. Why would um, you just ask me question. that? I can't remember. Is yes. it with cat like tread upon no way? Da 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 Is it not that one? I don't know. It's a good job it's out of copyright. Is it? Well, even. <laughs> um, yes, Pirates of Penzance. I you know, the moment somebody tells us a few of the songs. Right, there is. I. And the very model of a modern major general of information, vegetable, animal and mineral. I quote the facts of England. I quote the facts historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. OK. Right. So that's, that's Pirates of Penzance. Because it'd be, ho, 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 the pirates, won't it? You're right. Just me again, I suppose. Just me. <laughs> so, yes. So that's what it is. So they're doing sure that. that's from HMS... Uh, no, that's from Pirates, pirates of Penzance, Penzance. yeah. HMS Pinafore. No, Pirates of Penzance. OK. Yeah. I'm sure, actually. Mm, it, it has I'm got... So it, sure. it is the... No, it's here, look. Okay. The Major General song. Oh, right, okay. I am the very model of a model. Yeah, that's enough, thank you. Yes, next I'm question. Just, I'm just sing it again. That is the next question. <laughs> so, well done to the... So, go and check them, uh, them out. I've got an, um, oh, I've lost the blooming thing. So, wait a minute. Just going back to, to Jane. Yeah. She's got to do what? What was the question? The question was, she's got the message telling her the C drive is full. Right. UCC cleaner, but it's still too full. Because this affects a lot of, every, a lot yeah, of other people as well. Just go through your data... Documents, the m- things that use up the most space are things like videos and lots of photographs. Yeah. But if after clearing it all out, you still need space, then um, 
get an extra drive. If it's a desktop computer, you can install another drive so you've got more space. If it's a laptop, you can have an external drive and start storing stuff on that. Right. Okay. Okay, right. Darren's back with us on Tuesday. Uh, although, have we got enough time, actually, to do... How much time we got left? One minute. Oh, great. I've got a problem with internet radio, says Leslie. Uh, it was working perfectly with my Netgear router until the router broke down. AOL sent me a replacement. Works okay wirelessly with my other computer. Unfortunately, I can't get a link to my internet radio. I've tried everything. Reconfiguring to no avail. Could it be that the Emprex is incompatible with the new router? I would have thought it was unlikely, but if you ring um, the people that made the radio... Yeah, they would better tell you. Because it may be an issue with it not recognising the code of, the, you know, the network key. Yeah. You have to put in the radio to join the, ne- the network. That sounds a bit of an odd one. Yeah. Strange That's one there. Sure. Thank you very much indeed. I've had a picture from uh, from Tim taken on his iPhone from his balcony using Video Partner app. It's so cool, he says you'll love it. It's lovely, isn't it? So you live opposite the dome. Look at that. Unfortunately, it's come around the wrong way to me. It's making me quite ill trying to look at it because I can't manage it, but it's good. Darren's back with us on Tuesday... And then back with Petri on Friday. Friday. And then back with us following Sunday. Okay, excellent. After the news, I'm going to remind you again about my uh, Sony Vibe. We'll have a chat to Andrew Pierce about what he's doing after the news at 10 this morning. And we'll take more of your texts and emails. Morning, every 26 minutes to 10. Still to come, how Facebook, if you're on Facebook, how you can be fleeced by hackers. I got an email. Uh, to, was it home? No, it must have been to here, actually, from somebody saying, Hi. Don't have much money left on my phone. Got a bit of a problem. Uh, have fallen ill, blah, blah, blah. No name on it. It just, you know, I don't know if you can help me out with uh, with £1,000, which can you wire to me because I need it and I'll pay you back as soon as I get back home. Which African country was it from? From Nigeria. I thought, thought, thought it might be. Surprisingly, Andrew. Because I've had a few of those, well, actually. Well, I've never had one before and I looked at it thinking they're obviously trying a new tack. Most of them, I mean, I, the other day they offered to transfer £1.3 to my account. Nice. Unfortunately, their English was so appallingly bad. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to write back and go, you do that. Lovely. You do that. But would, would you have noticed that £1.3 was added into your account, no, Steve? No. Not no, really. Not really, no. Just with all the other millions in there. Exactly, it's dreadful. It just sort of... Sta- I just go, listen, just stack it up in the corner, talking, please. Talking of money, that's what I'm going to be talking about, because you may realise that next Tuesday, I think it will be, up to two million people are going to find out if they have to pay more tax. Yes. Blundered by the inland revenue, and it means some people will be paying refunds of £1,500 each. And this is tax deducted by employers under the pay-as-you-earn system. So the employers have taken the tax. So people who just pay their tax each month, like mm. you and I do, from our, they're the ones who are going to be affected. Now there well, will be. We're, we're going to be affected. If if your if your tax is taken from you. No, it's not. No, well, I my, pay my own. Right. I work for the Daily Mail. You know that's my day job. They take my tax at source. Oh right, right. So it's the majority of the country pays their tax that yes, way. Yes, yes. And so there's um, the, up to. They made a mistake. Yeah, six million people. Uh, could be caught up oh, in this wow. and the question i'm going to be asked is should we have to repay the money bearing in mind it's a blunder of the treasury oh. and uh, we're hoping to talk to boris johnson about the tube strike and i'm going to be talking we're going to get through it i refuse stoic, to be pushed around stoic by walk. bob crow and his uh, man. bully boy tactics and i'm also going to be talking obviously about blair's memoirs what a hoot what a hoot. It's selling, though, isn't it? Who's uh, buying it? Well, it's because he's very cleverly, I heard you talking about it earlier, um, giving the um, proceeds 
to the Royal British Legion. Well, so true. he should, mm. after all the... Uh, you don't need to buy it in a bookshop, though. You can get it on Amazon for about 12 pri- quid. Half price. Half price. What he hasn't told us yet, though, Steve, is, is whether the profits from his sales in the United States, which will be extensive, are also going to the Royal British Legion. Oh, he has... Has he not blanketly said no. every... No, he said the advance of 4.6 million goes to the Royal British Legion, but the way this book is selling, he's going to easily outstrip that advance, and I expect him and Sharia to have a little bit more to tide them over. Well, well, they do need the money, and they have to buy another house for a child. Yeah, exactly. They all end up with their own three million pound houses, don't they? And also, of course, you wouldn't expect me not to talk about William Hague. When is a politician's private... When is a politician's Mm. private life public property? I'm going to be talking to Sir Christopher Mayer, ex-chairman of the Press Complaints Commission. Yeah, I mean, Silly pe- man. Pe- well, pe- people have said, you know, perhaps it was a, a lapse, perhaps it, it was a naivety. What I, the only thing I felt a bit what? sorry for is the poor chauffeur mm. who now is sort of out of a job. Did he have to resign? Was he forced to resign? Yeah. Or? yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, his feet didn't touch the ground. And William Hague, who was the 49-year-old, who was the one who thought it would be appropriate to have this young man mm. sharing his hotel room on more than one occasion, keeps his job. Yes, that's a bit odd, isn't it? Mm, but at least the good news is, Andrew, if ever you and I go away for a weekend, we can book a twin. Yeah, exactly. And if it's you look in the sun, book. if you look in the Sunday Mirror today, it's a fantastic picture of just how twin that twin was. <laughs> oh, no, on that note, on no that treats happy note. anymore. What's happening? No, to no treats. Tre- well, we're all on diets. Well, you can speak for yourself. I'm not. Oh, <laughs> well, I was speaking for myself. I am on a diet. Thank you. Uh, still to come, how Facebook fleeced. Uh, well, a hacker from Nigeria fleeced a ha- uh, some poor woman on Facebook, which we'll come around to in a second. Firstly, don't forget, you've got 22 minutes left to have a go for the Sony Vio laptop. Brilliant piece of kit. 320 gigabytes of hard drive. Don't say we don't offer you a hard drive. And uh, this one uh, is lovely. It's got a- You could save all your photos, your music, your videos, everything. Everything. And you can access the internet anywhere with Wi-Fi. Person with the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer comes down 10 o'clock this morning in 21 and a half minutes' time. You play this one by texting Steve, S-T-E-V-E, then your bid in pence, and send it to treble 821. So, to bid 13p, you text Steve, 13, and send it to treble 821. This competition finishes at 10 o'clock this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. Somebody will get it. It'll go for pennies. Somebody always gets it. We always have very happy winners on this programme. Edward says, soliciting by charity collectors contravenes the rules and can have reported to the body that governs charities put the charity's existence in jeopardy. They must not approach people, physically or verbally, shake the collection can or obstruct the highway. On the odd occasion I've been approached by particularly aggressive collectors, I have phoned the name charity, describing the the individual and the time and place I was accosted on each occasion. The charities have been very grateful that I've told them rather than go to the official body. Well, you get them all the time. That's what the chuggers do. They jump in front of you. Hello, have you got two minutes? Get out of my way. You're begging, and it's illegal. You know, it's it's illegal. It's as simple as that. They don't take it. I always say to them, don't you feel ashamed that you're earning money, whereas, in fact, it could be going to the charity. How much are you earning? Eight pounds an hour. Don't you feel ashamed? Well, of course, they have no answer to that. They just go, sorry, and they walk away. It's, it's dreadful, really. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at Um Another one here, very quickly. Oh, Dan's up. That's good. He said, myself, Danny, Grace and Miley have packed their buckets and spades and we're off to Littlehampton. Oh, fantastic. Oh, to visit friends and maybe play on the beach. Keep everything crossed for the weather. The weather should be OK. It's not going to be 
fantastic, fantastic, but it, it should be good. Oh, how nice. Buckets and spades in Littlehampton. Now, I went to Littlehampton, and I'll tell you why, because I used to go there years and years ago. It used to have um, a roller coaster called the Wild Mouse in Littlehampton. The Wild Mouse. Oh, I used to love it. Love it. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, very jealous. Have, have, have a toffee apple. Have a toffee apple. Just a point, says Marion, about shaking boxes for charity. I do voluntary work for the Sam Bear Hospice in Weybridge, and the people that shake the boxes are volunteers and don't get paid for doing it. I don't... I do not like doing that particular job, but somebody has to do it to keep the hospice working. Yes, well, I mean, that's fine. We're not talking about those people. I don't want somebody waving a box under my nose. I don't want that kind of thing. I don't want somebody blocking an entrance to a store. You know, I understand exactly how charity works. I'm not stupid. And, uh, and I understand that people have to go out there and, and collect for charity. The chuggers, in particular, we hate. We really hate them because they're just, they're just dreadful people. They jump out in front of you. And they're all earning between eight and ten quid an hour. I've seen the adverts in the papers. I'm surprised that nobody's ever done it as an exposure on one of these television programmes. Merely time, I suppose. Merely time. And then they'll go back and say, this is what they're all... Th- this is the script that they've learnt. This is the script that they've learnt. Because they stand there talking... All they want is your details. It's all they want. Uh, Graham Cole, he says... Uh, he's, on, he's on at the, uh, I think, the Stag Theatre in Sevenoaks. Flesh Creep. Oh dear. He says, uh, it'd be great to see you there with all those screaming kids. <laughs> what people are like. And he says, um, haven't been in touch recently. I've done many interviews this week. Strangely, a lot tougher than I thought it would be about the bill and it finished. You know, we've had the two shows that finished this week. And uh, he says, I know it'll be missed by the industry, especially the young actors. You know, where will they go for that first job? Tough year. And no end, uh, no sign it'll end soon. But uh, no, don't worry. Always around the corner. Faith gets people through. Our industry, he says, is such, uh, in such trouble. It is terrible, isn't it, when you think that it's, it's people's jobs, I think, really. He says, uh, we actually stay silent. He said, uh, they have the next job in their hands. That it's, that, that's, that's the power that they have on these programmes. It's terrible. But uh, I wish you good luck, as you know, and to the family too. Uh, Niall says, having spoken about the miners trapped underground in Chile, did you hear that one of the men doesn't want to come out? It's been revealed he's got both a wife and a lover waiting from outside. Yes, I heard about that one. I thought that was quite good. Uh, thank you for all the uh, jokes sent in by Pat. Tommy Cooper's everywhere. And um, one here that says, uh, apparently one in five people in the world are Chinese. There are five people in my family, so it must be one of them. It's either my mum, my dad, or my older brother, Colin, or my younger brother, Ho Chan Chu. But I think it's Colin. It's a very old joke. These are all old Tommy Cooper jokes. Dreadful. Ireland's... No, we can't do that one, actually. I've done it before. And uh, somebody actually complimented me on my driving today. They left a little note on the windscreen. It said, parking fine. So that was nice. I think that's quite cute. You see, people like that uh, that kind of uh, thing. Uh, my partner flew your colleague, Anthony Davis, off on holiday the other day, says Max. Ooh. Yeah, he sent me a text, Anthony, going, have you missed me? I wrote back, who is this? People writing to me things like that, I and mean, I don't know. And uh, one here. How, how are your carpeted bathroom and bath seat? Uh, very naff, but I still love you. You're a sick person, aren't you? Why would you worry about something like that? You need to... What we, what we say in the business, get a life. You know, I love my bath seat and I love my luxurious rugs in the bathroom because they're very posh. It's only for posh people. You can't have them if you're just normal. Um, Steve says, Eva, I can't tell you how grateful I am for your podcast, which I used on a recent work trip to America. The plane flight was less of a pain that way, especially on the way back. And I wasn't feeling very well. And Jill says, I've got ten implants worth every penny. Same dentist as Anthony Davis. 
It's everybody following Anthony Davis around or something. What is it, the Anthony Davis Day or something? Everybody writing... I've, I've taken him... No, that was Max who wrote him before. Now, but two mentions of Anthony Davis very shortly. Anyway, still to come, Facebook users fleeced by hackers. How do they do it? I'll tell you in a moment. And why you should never fall for this old guff, because it's just absolutely ridiculous. People fall for it, though, and, um, and, and you lose money. I'll tell you how in a second. For the travel, Craig Birchall. Morning, every 13 minutes you got left. 14 minutes to get your hands on the Sony Vio. Got to move quick on that one. Got to move quick. And still this woman uh, in Iran who's been sentenced. Well, first of all, it was going to be execution. Uh, now she's been sentenced for another 99 lashes because the Barmies over in Iran, and I can describe them that, thought they saw a picture of her without her hijab on in an English newspaper. It wasn't her, it was somebody else. But they're so stupid over there and so blooming backward that they've sentenced her to another 99 lashes. What sort of sickos are they over there? Must be something. I tell you, you wouldn't want to stay in Iran for love nor money. Would you get the hell out as quick as possible? Run by a bunch of of bloodthirsty people who just want to execute people left, right and centre. You know, for all sorts of misdemeanours. You know, anybody over here be going, oh, I tell you what, let's have Sharia law. That's a whoopee do one, isn't it? Let's have people buried up to their necks in Leicester Square. Anyway, so far, because of the international outrage, she's still alive, but facing another 99 lashes. Just crazy, isn't it? Have you seen half these men over there? They're a bit suspect, aren't they? Anyway, if you love gadgets, we've got another great prize for you at lbc.co.uk. LBC and LG are giving you the chance to win an LG Optimus GT540 touchscreen mobile phone with three megapixel camera. To find out more information and for your chance to win, go to lbc.co.uk. lbc.co.uk. Nice, isn't it? So here is the the story of uh, of the fraudsters who are stealing the identities of Facebook in order to get their cash. First of all, a hacker in Nigeria breaks into your Facebook account, and in this case it was Abigail Pickett, a ski instructor, posing as her, pretending she's run out of money, and persuading an Italian friend to wire cash. Okay, so they've hacked into the account. They then write to somebody on her thing, saying, Oh, hi, I need some money. I've had an accident. The friend, Fabrizio Troilo, goes to Western Union Money and transfers €1,500 to a branch in Mossside, Manchester. He becomes suspicious when the hacker says via Facebook that the full amount failed to arrive. He then phones the woman on her mobile at her home in Chamonix in France, asking if she's in Britain. He then realises that he's been duped. So be very careful. If anybody writes to you, a friend saying, I need some money, can you wire it to me through this account? Phone them. Speak to them. Because only by speaking to them will you know that they're okay and it'll be somebody in Nigeria. The same people who do all the other scams over there and they do these peculiar scams where they sort of say oh you've won 3.7 million or you know we've got money for you we're willing to just transfer it to your account just send us i mean you'd have to be stupid wouldn't you i can't believe that some people are so gullible but because they send out millions of these literally millions even if two or three people fall for it which they do because some people say oh right I've, I've, I've won a lottery where did you win it i won it in in lagos all right when did you go in for it well i didn't well have you won it then I don't know. How much have you sent them? 
£775. Oh, you thicko. God, blimey. It just drives me mad. I mean, I don't know how much more information you say to people. I've seen... They've even had adverts on the the television with a little lady sitting there saying, Oh, look, talking to a dog, we've won a lottery. And then you see her putting some money in an envelope and going to the post box. And they go, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Ridiculous, isn't it? Now, somebody told me something the other day. And I've, I've, I've yet to test it out. And it's, it's in Iceland. I'm going to have to test it out in Iceland. And it's something to do with paying by credit card. And I'll find out. Glennis says she tried it the other day and she was a bit worried by it. So I'll, I'll test it out and I'll let you know during the week. If this thing works, okay, it's to, it's to do with using a credit card. That's all I'll tell you. Because I'm a bit worried about using cards anywhere nowadays. Uh, it's uh, good lord. Jay and Sarah are celebrating a tenth wedding anniversary tomorrow. Could you give us a quick mention? Well, it's outrageous. Ten years. It's ridiculous. Ten years. Nobody should be entitled to have ten years of of happily married bliss. It has been happily married bliss, hasn't it, for ten years? So have a, have a very nice wedding anniversary tomorrow. That means, actually, Sarah, you're going to get loads of flowers and chocolate. I don't know what you're supposed to buy him. I don't know what you buy. What, what you, I know for, for you know, in, in male-female relationships, you buy the woman chocolates and flowers and stuff like that. What does she buy her husband? Do you buy him anything? Or perhaps he just gives you the credit card to use. I like the idea of that one. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, the other day, says Kate, a big issue girl and a woman shaking a tin for sick children were both calling out to everyone at the entrance to Egham's Tesco Metro. I didn't think they were allowed to beg in this way. Well, I mean, if, if, if they think they can get away with it, then people get away with it. They say it's irritating. It makes us feel guilty, especially when at the cash machine just out to that. Yeah, I always get people sitting in between. On the um, road up here, Tottenham Court Road, you get the beggars sitting in between the cash machines. You've got any spare change? Are you stupid? Of course I've not got any spare change. It doesn't do machine. It doesn't do change, this machine. It's ridiculous. It does 20s and 10s, and that's what I've worked for. Unlike you sitting there on your fat bottom doing nothing. Also, have got any... And they all split. Have you noticed? They've all got silly voices. got any money? No, I haven't. Go and get a job, like most people. Okay, I, I just sit on, on the ground. To... Yes, of course you do, love. Oh, drives me mad, scams, honestly. Don't give people to money at all. Uh, Joan says... I, just so don't give, don't give money to people. She says, I can beat you. I was left an oil well in Iraq by one of my close relatives. How lovely. Le- left it all to Mr Joan. I like that idea. I've never been left an oil well. I could do with being left an oil well. Uh, oh, Cheryl has dumped uh, Derek. Cheryl Cole, you know, and the mythical boyfriend, Derek Hoff, the dancer with the tight white T-shirt and the little dog under his arm. Uh, they apparently... Um, they apparently aren't, uh, they're not going to be going out anymore. Not that we think they were ever going out, but I mean, it's, it's a good story, isn't it? And uh, Robbie Williams says he's ready to be a dad when he can tear himself away from the PlayStation. He was asked if he and actress wife Ada Field wanted kids soon, and he said, yeah, Ada, or whatever her name is, is really keen on the idea of children. All oh, right. So that means you're not particularly bothered about it. They've been together for years now. I'd get on with it quick, mate. You're getting a bit old, I'm afraid. Cheryl needs space. Their thing is over. Derek's got the elbow. I don't know. These showbiz uh, romances. Terrible, isn't it? Uh, Two of this year's X Factor contenders have been out on a string of dates. Storm Lee, apparently it's a bit peculiar, is said to be smitten with singer Katie Wasel. Good, well, let them go out. Couldn't care less, actually. And the best friends who fought on stage during the edition have made up. 
Louis Walsh said it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever witnessed. But, I mean, they are weird, aren't they, Louis? Let's face it. They do sometimes get the stupidest people on there. Prince Charles will be quizzed by Adrian Charles on ITV's new breakfast show, Daybreak. He'll appear on Friday. It'll be pre-recorded. He won't be turning up in a minicab. Bet your bottom dollar. Kerry Katona has vowed to kick her fast food habit. As I say, so nobody responded the, uh, to her party, I'm afraid. Anton Deck, Westlife didn't go. Left her, as I said, with Neil Razor Ruddock and Gino DeCampo. Oh, dear. It's a bit sad, isn't it? But then again, it is Nafo Kerry Katona. Uh, Abby Cl- Clancy has told cheating fiancé Peter Crouch, according to the paper, marry me now and prove you love me. Oh, you can't be that dim, surely, Abby. You seriously think if he get you, I'll marry you? OK, you seriously think that means that it's all finished, do you? God, you can't be that dumb. You can't be. Please, please, please. Uh, another one here. Star's new date is my girl and mother to our kids. Oh, and she's ex-glamour model. Had a fling with Ted Beckham was caught up in Corrie Dev's coke scandal. God, I've no idea who she is, actually. Blonde beauty. Miranda Lipinski. I've never even heard of her. Let's forget her, shall we? Because uh, we're not really interested in these old numpties that turn up. Um, the toilet, once used by John Lennon, has sold for £9,500 at auction. It's good, isn't it? I like that idea. Very, very good indeed. 9500 Mind you, it is, it is quite a decorative toilet. It's when he lived at Tittenhurst Park in Berkshire, between 69 and 72. Oh, interesting. Uh, 8 for 850... Tony Blair and charity, says Len. I thought he was committed to his faith. The Bible says, if we do charitable things, we shouldn't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. It says, don't tell everyone if you do good things. The reward comes later from God. Yeah, but people who do charity always tell people, don't they? That's the whole idea. You tell people. That's why... That's why sorry? It's charity. They always go that. They go on television and go, I've given to charity. And they go, oh, right, that makes you... That gives you a place in heaven, doesn't it? And they go, not really, no. Just means that I've mentioned it to you, so in case if anybody asks... Phil says, good job Boris set up the bike rental thing in time for the tube strike. Well, it's very popular. Very, very popular. The bike rental thing. Keeps people fit. Gets you... I've not actually cycled myself, I'm afraid. Um, but um, I'm hoping to. I don't think today's the day. Not when there's all these professional cyclists all over the place. I did love the story of the woman the other day. I mean, only in America. Only in America. A bloke tries to commit suicide... So he throws himself off the top of a building, lands on her car. You'd think that they'd be grateful he was still alive. No, she wanted to know, why my car? Why my car, she said. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I thought, this bloke's just survived falling off a building. And you're going, why my car? It's my pride and joy. James says, chuggers make me quite sick. Notting Hill Gate's infested with them. Uh, they're everywhere. I mean, they really are... Dreadful people. I mean, I've actually confronted a couple of them. I've given them, a, I'm afraid, a mouthful of abuse. You know, and they leap in front. You've got two minutes? No, I haven't got two minutes. Why don't you off? You know, I really get quite angry with them, I'm afraid. Because it's, it's begging of the worst possible kind. You know, if you want to give to a charity, you give to a charity. It's as simple as that. You don't need to do anything. You don't need some numpty from an acting school jumping out in front of you. Does my head in, I'm afraid. We had a great day yesterday, says Jeannie, at the Hop Festival in Faversham. Went to Whitstable for dinner. And uh, we're sitting outside a pub on the beach when all of a sudden these mini hot air balloons came across the sea. Very lovely. I haven't seen a mini hot air balloon for, God blimey, ages and ages and ages. Anyway, that's it. I'm out of here, just before all the cycles get going in London and uh, all the old-fashioned cars and stuff like that. And so it's Jay and Sarah's wedding anniversary tomorrow. If you're celebrating your birthday, have a nice birthday. And uh, if you, you listen, you want to get to work tomorrow and there's no, no tubes, keep listening to LBC. You can get there. 
You seriously can get there. You don't need to be bullied by these people. We can do it. It's got nothing to do with us, and yet we're the ones who suffer at the end of it. There's buses, there's bicycles, you can walk, keep tuned to LBC, we get you there nice and quickly. You can bring your car in if necessary. You can do anything you like. We're not, not going to sit at home and be defeatist, are we? We're not going to... Mm, terrible. And, uh, and if you're not doing anything today, and you don't want to do bicycles, nip down to the, uh, the Thames barrier. Declan's down there. And you can have a good look at a, a marvellous piece of engineering. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at five. Don't forget to podcast. You've got a couple of minutes left. Andrew's after the news.